episode. Evil Squid Comics Podcast, episode 24. 24. Season 3. Season 3. We made it episode to the same mark 24. that we did last year. We have not hit 25 or 26. Well, we could meet next week. That'd be 25. Boom. We could. I'm not going to commit to that. Okay. But it's possible. Um, so, yeah. That's where we're at. So I looked in our initial incarnation of the podcast, we made it to at least like 260 or something. Ooh, wow. And then we but you were doing a lot of those even weekly. We were doing that weekly at that yeah. point. And then when I re- when we restarted the podcast, we did actually 61 episodes before I started breaking into seasons. Mm. So we had 61, then we had 24 last year, and then we had 24 this year. So we're up to almost 370. We're, hit, we're hitting close to 400 total. Wow. Podcast episodes. My how time flies. What I was thinking though, like when we were doing the weekly podcast, I was also we were running the diamond retailer business on the website, and then we were also running the con. So he didn't start the con. Though, I don't know until, when I slept. He didn't start the con though until after you've been doing the podcast for about a for year. a while. Yeah, yeah, true. But like in 2015, I was like doing all three of those things. I was doing the con, the podcast, and running the website ordering business, with mm. the diamond account. So yeah, That's and good. working a day job. Yeah, yeah. I was to say, Andy had a day job. Uh, so I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Now I'm like doing nothing. Yeah. So now I don't know what Don's problem is. He should be able. We're having a con and a day job. Come well, on. Exactly. I do. <laughs> He does. All right. So anyway, I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And you are? Special guest, Matt Thorpe. Matt. I don't know. If you keep coming, you're not going to be special anymore. You know. Oh, I'm always special. That's true. All right. So we are the Evil Squid Comics Podcast. We get together every other week, and we talk about comic books, movies, TV shows, whatever we want to. Don rants about the new Punisher logo every week. This is what I wish I would have wrote. This is a comment on some thread. Okay, you wish you wrote this? Okay, cool. Yeah. Usually when I read comments on a thread, I don't know who that person is, and I wish they would go away. God, I am sick of the political correctness and woke bitches we keep getting. These motherfuckers have no spine or any balls. Quit fucking with our old classic Marvel Comics movies. <laughs> You sound like the angry old man that, yeah, I'm that Clint yells Eastwood. at me. Do you like that? I yell comment? at clouds. That's a horrible comment. No, it's not. Yeah, that's, why do you like that comment? That has a, it has nothing to be woke. They're just messing with the logo. Because yeah, Marvel... Wait, is this all about the Punisher? Yeah. 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 What, what does the new Punisher logo have to be with being woke? Well, I think they're worried that like police and military and white supremacists are using the logo, so they think Marvel's changing it to like get away from that stuff. Right. That's why they are changing it. How do you know that? Because they're spineless bastards. Oh Why don't you take it back? Like, uh, nah, I don't want to take that back. Well, I was going to say, like, Clerks 2. Clerks. Taking, taking Porch Monkey back. Porch Monkey back? Don't you remember Clerks 2? No, I, I saw that movie once. It was not very good. Oh. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> Why do you have to count to everybody else? Why do you have to change it? It's been that way since 1970. Yeah. I don't think this is a good example, Don. What? I don't think that's why they're doing it, but maybe it is. I don't of know. course they are. Why do you think there hasn't been a Punisher comic book and they canceled the one that was supposed to come out when everything happened back I think it's because nobody was buying year. it. No, that's not it. <laughs> it's my best theory. People are buying this, they don't put it out. I'm just saying they... Um, I Okay, maybe not the first line. Oh, I am sick of political correctness. Yeah, who isn't? But they need to have a spine and take back the logo and make a comic book. 
Just put it out. Just put out the comic book. So just ignore it. Yeah. So taking it back is just ignoring it. Sure. I, I mean, I don't disagree that they should just ignore it. I mean, you should do what you want to do with your stuff and stop worrying about what other people do. Right, it's exactly. Like, it's like just because they made all those Calvin, you know, guys of Calvin and Hobbes, a dude pissing on everything, doesn't mean the dude shouldn't, like, still make Calvin and Hobbes. Or I right. realize he wasn't making it at that but, point. But, yeah, but my point is, work. like, that shouldn't affect him <coughs> doing his day-to-day, like, it shouldn't affect him creating if he wants to create more Calvin and Hobbes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't sure. think people... Try people See, trying to take over your IP doesn't mean that you should just stop using your IP or change it because it is kind of caving into the pressure, or you should do what you want to do with your IP. It, it does sort it, of symbol. It does say that suggest that you're like letting them have it. Correct, it is, which I don't think is right. It's kind of like wherever it is in California where they're like, uh, yeah, you can come in and take anything as long as it's not more than. $949. It's not shoplifting. If you need it, just come in and take it. I agree. You shouldn't cage to the pressure, but I don't know that that's what this is. That's what I that, don't know. If that's exactly what that is. I was. feel like I have to read the comic and see why the logo's changing. Maybe there's a cool reason. Maybe. No. Well, it is Punisher Year One. Isn't it going back, like telling you the history of Punisher? I have no idea. I believe it's like a Punisher Origin Year oh, One. Oh, another Punisher Origin that they've done 50 times. Oh, I thought we it was need another one. He was taking over the hand. That's what so I thought, too. Like, yeah, so I, I'm sure there's a story reason. And so I, I don't want to judge it until I read the story. How about that? It's Jason Aaron. you got to give him a shot. Don't you? And I have a little faith that Jason Aaron's going to pull something off. I mean, he's a pretty creative guy. I Yeah, I mean, it's just they, they have the whatever. Marvel just doesn't want to jack with it, so they're going to change it and let whoever have it now. I don't know if that's what's like happening. You, I feel like you're just Maybe looking it is. for a reason to be mad. <laughs> I well, usually am I totally, for a reason to be I'm mad. fine if you see the new but, logo and you're like, I hate that logo, I like the classic Punisher logo. That's yeah. fair. I mean, that's a fair reaction. I'm, I think I'm, you're making I, assumptions as to why it's changing. I, oh, I, yeah. No matter what Jason Aaron writes in his story and whatever bullshit Marvel comes up with, that why that that's why they're changing it, that they may, that may be why they're, but the reason they're changing it is because of all the political stuff that's going on with the with the logo right, right now. Okay. That's your that's your assumption. You can't no, that's the fact. truth. Did they say that? No. That is what you believe to be the truth. Are you guys are you guys being serious right now? I'm serious I don't know. A statement from Marvel and Jason Aaron that says the reason we're doing this is because we're kowtowing to political pressures. No, but what else would it I mean I have eyeballs. I've been seeing what's been going on. There hasn't been a Punisher comic Forever, the last series that was supposed to come out, they canceled it right after it was right around COVID, and then right around when everything else started happening. There's also a period in like the 2000s when there was no Punisher comic, and that was a political pressure. Okay, you guys are entitled to your opinion, and you're entitled to yours. I'm I'm saying I don't know for sure. I'm saying I'm saying mine's an opinion, and I'm willing to admit it. I just said that my that, okay. that it's initially an you were saying that it was fact. And well, it is. It's stated as a fact. It pretty and much you stated is. That it was because you have an opinion, and that's what makes it a fact. It really is a fact, but <laughs> but you guys can believe that it's not a fact. I'm gonna believe and until I have more evidence. I'm looking for. What, what I appreciate, Don, is that you fully clarified your position <laughs> and the <laughs> fact that it's based on, and I think it, that you've. Uh, you know, made sure that the audience fully understands your, uh, 
level of information behind your facts and opinions. Right. So thank you. Right. I'm going I'm to now state a new fact on a different subject. And I'm going to assume it's right, and if it's not, I don't know what's wrong with the world. Okay. Everybody loves Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's definitely yes. a fact. Oh, yeah. Scott's... Yeah. Oh, okay. I, Scott was making a face. I didn't know oh. if he was in agreement. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about Spider-Man then. Cool. Let's segue into that. Something happy. Something happy. So everybody saw... Well, it's not so, really Well, happy. I was going to say, No Way Home is not happy. That's true. Which what I thought was one of its strengths. Like, lately, most of the Marvel movies just feel kind of wrote to me like there's real no stakes no emotion what this the one, fuck are you talking about there? this one come I, on infinity war and Endgame. i mean it jumped a whole freaking five years and made a mess of kind of things you know okay, in different but ways minus, minus but that. after so, that though how about after that i don't even know about after that too but anyway to some extent but I'm telling. I'm telling you how I feel, Scott. I, I do. Just I, saying, I agree, but I I feel that your statement was incorrect. I so, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I saw Endgame, I didn't have a lot of emotion. Wow. When Iron Man died, I didn't really care. Wow. Like I didn't have any wow. emotions. It, it it didn't hit me wow. at an emotional level. However, wow. This movie managed to hit my emotions at least two times like in major ways wow and i thought that was because they were teenagers is that what did it Maybe. i think it is all i'm saying is like it did hit my emotions at least two different times in the movie like pretty hard and i thought that was a good well okay indicator that it was connecting with me in a way that the movies so, haven't lately so this is one of the things though that i wondered when watching it because be spoiler alert is it yeah, spoiler alert. Somebody but if, gonna spoil this? Well, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but you, we could save spoiler, spoiler alert. It is a spoiler alert. If you haven't you know, seen the movie, you probably need yeah, to not Yeah, just spoiler listen. alert, walk away, because we are going to talk. But, okay, so my daughter, you know, went seeing with me. You know, she's 20-some years younger than me. She was like, yeah, it was good. She enjoyed it, you know, whatever the heck else. But it hit me probably more emotionally than it did her. Now, a lot of that I chalk up to the fact of the a nostalgia factor, though. Seeing the, you know, spoiler, the three Spider-Men together was, and especially them talking about their own versions of loss, was I felt like a very hard hit, you know, emotionally. Now for for me personally, now this is my opinion type things, and I think a lot of it though was the whole nostalgia factor of you know watching what almost twenty years worth of Spider-Man movies or whatever, you know, kind of culminate to this, you know, type things. Uh, was probably some of that. That's fair. For me, I had no emotional connection to the nostalgia. It didn't really affect me. You don't me. think so? Okay. I had an emotional connection, spoiler alert, when Aunt May died. Really? Right? Yeah. That okay. hit me really hard. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, when he has to basically lose his friend and his girlfriend and lose his history of knowing anybody, of anybody knowing him, yeah, basically, yeah. when he had to lose that, that was an emotional hit, too. Those were the two big emotional highs be for darned. me. Okay. Okay. I wonder... But didn't the second one hit you emotionally because it was from the worst comic book story arc of all time? No, I didn't even make that... At the time, I didn't really make that connection. And it's a little Seriously? bit different because, I mean... It's more that everybody's forgetting him, not just Mary Jane. You know what I mean? It's not like they're just dissolving that relationship. I mean, he lost his best friend. I mean, nobody even knew who Peter Parker was. Isn't that the idea? Was nobody... Like, he pretty much didn't exist as Peter Parker? I know. That totally. was... I have a wild. question. Yes. Do you think he learned his lesson not to talk while Doctor Strange is conducting <laughs> a spell? I think yeah, probably. No but, but at the same time, it is Spider-Man, and that's what he does. He talks, right? That's his kind of thing. So it kind of made sense. Yeah. But yeah. 
I was a little surprised because when I was watching the movie and everything's cracking, I really thought it was just going to crack wide open and they were going to bring a whole multiverse thing going on for the whole movie. I didn't know they were going to put the genie back in the bottle right away. They kind of... Did. Maybe they won't. I mean, we have the next Doctor Strange well, movie. Well, yeah, the Doctor Strange movie that. is going to... Well, yeah. I did will. not stay for the second uh, after credit scene. Yeah, it's, it's basically a trailer well, for the it next... It was Doctor a trailer for Doctor Strange for, movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it was kind and of a I think, rip off. I think Marvel's even already released it now online. Either. Yeah, I think it's online. So, so I guess I didn't see. Yeah, it was a lousy commercial. It was just lousy like commercial. A, it was just like Christmas story. So, what points hit you guys emotionally, Don, in that? Or you I, didn't care? You no, Don doesn't feel emotions. <laughs> I felt no emotions. <laughs> wow. If they would have changed his logo. <laughs> they would have changed Spider-Man's logo. I'd have been really mad. If they would have made him black instead of... Uh, <laughs> I thought... Uh, or something, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that uh, the, the the fight scene with Doc Ock was incredible. That was amazing. That was like the best part of the whole movie. Was the very the, first one? Yeah, the very first one. Like That's on the bridge. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. And then... I, I do enjoy know. Doc Ock on the big screen. He has a very... He's cool how he's always throwing stuff in the arms. It's just a cool cinematic. Right. And thing. then, of course, the funny scene where Toby Maguire shoots the web fluid out of his arm. Yeah, And they're that's both like, good. how do you do that? And, yeah. And Is that the only place you shoot webs from? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you ever run out? Like, how do you make more? Nice. Um, but, I don't know. It was cool to see them, like, the three of them on the screen. And Toby Maguire seemed weird, like, as Spider-Man, like, the most. I don't know why. Really? They to both me. seemed weird. After a while, I kind of got used to him. But Toby Maguire, I mean, obviously, I don't think he's aged really well. I don't know how old he is now. Maybe he's Yeah, he's probably 50. our already. Well, yeah. He probably is. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean. And now that I know what a jerk Toby Maguire is, I don't know that I can see him in the oh, same light. Oh, I didn't light. know that he was a jerk. <laughs> you never saw Molly's Game? <laughs> Molly's Game. <laughs> Mm. Wasn't he just playing a role? No. Do you know what I'm no, talking no, no, about, no. Matt? Somebody was playing a role to be him. Somebody was... Uh, all this game was about a sort of backroom... Poker. Poker game. Is that the that one where he made somebody do something for, like, a chip? Like, had Total Waitress, if she barked or something, he'd give her a, a chip or something? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, but he was basically playing these poker games, and he was a complete, total ass the whole time to everybody. Mm. Like, for years. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like a, one incident. Oh, I just heard there was like one incident where there was like... Well, yeah, a, no, there were some bad ones, but I mean, in general, he was just a horrible person. Gotcha. What I don't know is if that was his table persona or if that was like his, who he is. Like, that's hard to know. Sure, but even anyway. if you have a table persona where you're treating people that way, I mean... It is... It, it is some it's still people. You? It is still people that you're treating that way, whether it's... During a poker game. Well, it's different not. if you're competing and you're trying to win. Like, <laughs> I mean, that sportsmanship, maybe? I don't know. That Spider Man movie, though, was, it felt a lot like just fan service, which is cool. I liked it. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not that, I didn't miss movie theaters. I went to see this one Friday night and it was packed. I, I, I don't miss watching stuff. I mean, I don't miss going to the theater to uh, see movies. I do. I like the theater. I don't know. Not a full one. Because there were... Well, you were Friday there, night, yeah. There was some weird smells coming off of people <laughs> in that thing. They're just... I don't know. It, and and it was, like, distracting through, like, the whole... I don't know if it was, like, cologne or or perfume or what. But, like, it, there was a distracting 
distinct odor around yeah. me. Well, I went like my experience on a Monday afternoon at like one. It was not that busy. There were maybe like twenty five people in a big theater, so it wasn't bad. And when Andrew Garfield came on the screen, everybody Richard. clapped. Yeah, I'm like, really? I don't like, need that. Like Andrew Garfield can't hear you clapping. I know like, some, Marvel can't hear you clapping. Some people like that. Who are you clapping? Who are you clapping I, to? It's a movie. I don't understand clapping at movies. Yeah, I agree. Do you get that, Matt? Like, did you clap when Andrew Garfield came on screen and were like, "Woohoo!" I did. <laughs> Scott did. You? did. <laughs> Scott did. All he right. can't hear you, Scott. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a clapper. But, like, I appreciate when fans get excited on like opening weekend. Like, that's yeah. nice. Like, I, I want them to celebrate the important moments and shut up for the rest of the fucking movie. Sure, right. sure. That's the problem with going to the theater is you can't guarantee the second part. And um, yeah. When, like, when I don't know, like I do miss the theater a lot, but going and wearing a mask and like not getting popcorn wasn't the same. Like I want to go to a theater when COVID's gone completely. That's we don't we don't wear masks good. around here, so yeah. it's all good. Do you guys wear masks up there? <laughs> do you guys wear masks. Up there? Jesus Christ! What? <laughs> I, do, does everybody wear <laughs> Does everybody wear masks where you live? Is that still a thing? Yeah, it's still a thing. It's, it's not a thing here. Say. It's not a thing here, Matt. Nobody wears masks. Because <laughs> you're do. all walking around clicking doorknobs. Politicians tell you to. Right? You know what? <laughs> it might be because there's like, I don't know. No, no, no. I don't want to get into that. I, I don't know. We don't. I was just going to say... It, <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like, I went... Like, Monday, I went to, like, the dentist, and nobody wore a mask, and they didn't ask us to wear masks. And then I went to exact to, like, a doctor's appointment, and they, like, wanted us to wear masks. I'm like, oh, I don't have a mask. I haven't been wearing a mask for weeks. What? Yeah, I had to go... It's <laughs> like, can I have a mask? Because I don't have one on me. Like, I don't know. It was maybe, like, a month ago, I had to go to the airport to, to get... I have to get a, a, a badge for work. Where I have, yep. to, I have to go and take a test, and then they'll fingerprint me and blah, 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 and whatever. And I was going, and uh, the secretary was like, okay, make sure you have all your IDs, and make sure you have a mask. And I'm like, I gotta wear a mask? <laughs> I'm like, I'm vaccinated. And she's like, yeah, it's the airport. She's like, you have to wear a mask at the airport. <laughs> Even though it's not like the terminal, but it's like a building at the airport. You have like, to wear a mask there. You have to wear a mask. And I'm like... Okay, like I didn't fight with it. It just shocked me that I had to wear a mask because I mean, we just we don't do it around here. I don't know. I do. What? You I do? do. You still yeah. wear a mask? That's oh, cool. If I if I go to Walmart or Target or a grocery store, I'll throw on a mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're so, we're done with Yeah, it. I don't. But I mean, it's cool. I mean, if someone asks me to wear a mask, I have no problem putting a yeah, mask on. Absolutely. I'm like not I don't have an issue. I'm not like I'm not wearing I'm just like I don't see the point of me wearing a mask if no one else is going to wear a mask and I'm vaccinated and you're not. That's kind of your problem at that point. But yeah, I'm not, I get it. I I'm not anti-mask at all. I'm not I, I hope that didn't come off that way. It just surprises me because nobody around here wears yeah. that. People around here are more Other than Scott. Scott wears a mask. He's smart. Yeah. The rest of us are idiots <laughs> and we don't wear masks. I'm not wearing a mask now, so, you know, I'm talking to the two That's guys true. that don't wear masks, so. Well, it's funny, because we I'm went to. one way or another, I suppose. You're screwed now. So. I know. <laughs> we went to a Kansas-Newman basketball game. Cause... That's okay. I got my booster, so I'm good. Oh, nice. We went to a Kansas-Newman basketball game, and, because Julia was performing at the halftime show. Mm -hmm. And so we all went into the building and said, wear a mask. We all brought our masks. We all put our masks on. And then we walk into the gym. And nobody in the gym is wearing their mask. No, Even no. though there's signs everywhere that says you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, okay.
okay, well, I'll wear the mask if you're going to enforce it. Make everybody wear a mask if that's what you want to do. But if you're not going to make anybody, then I immediately took my mask off. I'm like, I'm not going to wear a mask if nobody else is. It's not. I see. Wait, why does it matter if everybody else is doing because it? Because I don't want to wear a mask, and if nobody else is going to wear it... it. How does that... Okay, I, 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 I don't... I mean, I don't know. This is going to turn into a I don't see the point whole... of wearing a mask if nobody else is wearing it, because a mask protects other people. Yeah, I'm with... It also protects you. Even if you're vaccinated, you can still get sick. If you wear a mask, it no, means you're true. less likely to get sick. Well, that's in. true. You, you could transmit it. That's so, true. Whether they're dumb or not, you could at least just add another layer of protection yourself. And by the way, if you're around a bunch of dummies, it's probably reason enough for you to do it because they probably aren't vaccinated either. That's fair. Yeah. I hear you. But anyway, you hear, I don't want to get into a whole mask thing. But anyway, yeah, we don't wear masks around here. No, except Scott. Except <laughs> I'm the only person. Did you wear a mask when you went to see Spider-Man? Uh, until I got to the theater, but okay. we were fairly social distanced in the yeah. theater. So. I was away from people when I went because it was not crowded. You wore oh, we, oh, like we in the building until I wore it into the, the building till till we got to the. Okay, I thought you down. meant like you wore it in your car until you got to the building. Yes, you wore something. Yeah, in your car. I wore it all the way from the minute I walked out of the house. Why would you wear it to the building in your car? That's right. Where else is he supposed to go up and breathe on people? That's right. Like. I know. But we went on a Monday, you know, uh, I, about 5 o'clock. Yeah, honestly, there was probably, like you said, 20 people in the theater, yeah. so we could space out really well and, yeah. and things. So That's fair. But I still there try. Was, there was a full theater when I went. Yeah. Like, yeah. Me too. Nobody, like, every seat was taken, hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah, if I was, like, in a full theater, I might actually wear a mask. I didn't. <laughs> I was but, in a full theater, 8 o'clock, Friday night, packed. Sold out, no mask. That's why I'm sitting this side over you. to everybody around him. Hey. 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 What's hey. up? What's up? Juice so, for Spider Man? Hear about the Punisher's logo? <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, did did you, what did you think if on an emotional? Did the Spider Man movie hit you emotionally? Was it nostalgia? Was it the characters? Was it the story? Um, like, it resonated. Deeply, I, I don't necessarily know that it like hit me emotionally. Like, I thought it was sad when they died, but that was sad. Um, I thought it was poignant when he was giving up his friends for their own protection and all of that. But like, honestly, a lot of those scenes or story beats, I kind of expected anyway. Gotcha. And so, like, they teased it. This was the, a bit of the problem I find sometimes with having read a lot of the comics, is that if you've read a lot of the books and they borrow beats from those storylines, the problem is, like, even if they adjust the story a little bit, you can kind of see what's coming, and it takes a little of the surprise out of it. Sure. So one thing I've appreciated about the movie was that I tuned out all media for a long time. So, like, when... Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire came on screen. I wasn't certain they were going to appear. So that was a cool kind of fun surprise for me. And that was, I like, you know, like the hair on my arms stood up. Like that was an exciting moment to see. And I don't know if it was nostalgia, but this is my theory. I'll posit this theory. It's like one of the downsides of seeing comic book heroes get rebooted in these films every so often is it, you want to form an emotional attachment to a character that you really like, you know, or love. Like, you, like, love this hero, you like this character, and you like an actor's treatment of it. 
And then every so often they just like re reboot it and you like lose the attachment to that character. Spider-Man has happened, that's happened more than any other character. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe with the exception of Superman, but Superman's hard to emotionally connect to because he's such an idealized character. But um, Spider-Man's more real. I don't know, and, Batman? Batman, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But again, he's, I, like I find DC characters are a little bit they suck. to connect with emotionally, <laughs> but Spider-Man feels a little more real. But anyway, but like the idea was for the first time you got to see every generation of versions of that character all together. And that moment for me, was like, it made them real again. Like instead of this just being some castaway, oh, we did that for a few movies and we decided to do something different by bringing them all back together and allowing the multiverse to exist, it somehow made those characters real again and allowed the emotional connection with previous iterations of the character to be real again. And I thought that was really the thing that for me hit. It was just like, oh, suddenly this makes the connection to those characters worthwhile. And that was cool. Like, I really got a kick out of that, and I liked seeing them join together, and not just for the spectacle of it, but like, yeah. And I thought that they did it well, where it wasn't just the spectacle of, hey, three Spider-Mans at the same time, but the way they all had to, like, impart a lesson and kind of, like, use their collective pain and lessons to, like, share. I, I thought they, they did a good job with it. I thought they treated it well. They I would agree with it. you. Yeah. They made it more than just fan service. They like they made it pay off in a story way. Like I was really pleased with the whole thing. Yeah. I, I like how you put that. I, I was probably oversimplifying it with the uh, with nostalgia, but um but no, that's a very good way to put it. That you're kind of almost reforming some of those connections that you maybe miss in a way or have to haven't uh, had for a long time. Yeah, it's like yeah. those movies matter now, you know, like they're not just castaway continuity. Yeah. You know? They have yeah. some you know, importance now. They they connect, you know. So it is interesting. I, I think it actually allows you to feel a little more invested in the current iteration. Yeah. I don't know. I can see that. Who knows if that's true? That's my sort of armchair psychologist version of my own connection to, to that part of the movie, but um, it stood out. Like, that probably more than anything stood out. And I really hated the One More Day storyline a lot, that whole thing. <laughs> And so it was really hard for me to, I don't know, find that to be a surprise or be excited or bothered by it because I, I don't know, I just hated that storyline. Um, yeah, I guess I just don't know that I was necessarily expecting everybody to flat out forget Peter, you know? I think I was expecting maybe more of a case of, oh, they, they no, no longer remember the link, you know, between Peter and Spider-Man. But, you know, some of the, you know, especially like the whole hit of his best friend, Ned, you know, type things. Ned knew him, you know, well before him being Spider-Man. And then suddenly after this, he doesn't know him at all anymore. And I think that was the thing that, to your point earlier, Drew, kind of hits you a little bit harder. Is it's more than just a, you know, miss forgetting the link between the two. You flat out forgot an entire person in every moment you had with them. So, yeah. um, and yeah. I don't know if one more day was necessarily that way, It wasn't. but you know, that was, I think probably the heavier hitter on, on the, in this movie there towards the end. Yeah. So this is more a question for Don and Matt. I had, I had not watched the other Spider-Man movies for a long time. I mean the, the Tom Holland ones I hadn't watched for a while since they came out. And so I'm watching the movie and I'm watching the Ned Leeds character. I swear, for half the movie, I thought he was Gank. 
like from Miles Morales <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man. Like I thought it was Genki. I was like, oh, that's Ned Leeds. Like halfway through the movie, I realized, oh, that's Ned Leeds. That's not Genki. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Because he looks just like him. He does. Well, and actually, a lot of the... I don't know if you caught the reference to the Death Star. The Lego Death Star. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so that was actually in the... So, like, they did, like, turn the... Is, was Ned Leeds a character that was in the original Spider-Man comics? Yeah. Yeah, but he was, like, a reporter. I don't think he was ever at, like, high school with him. Uh-uh. I don't think so either. I think he was just a Daily Bugle reporter. So it's really weird that they turned him into his best friend and Ned Leeds, but I mean, whatever. They should have just called him Genki. That's from Ultimate, right? Yeah, Miles Morales. Miles Morales, yeah. That's his best friend, his roommate or whatever. It's just, just, he looks just like that character, and it's just funny that they took the look of that character, but yet made him Ned Leeds. Yeah, I I didn't really pay attention that it was Ned Leeds, because... But and it did get me like in the middle, but I didn't really relate him to anybody. I mean, yeah, it was they, I guess they can't use Harry, yeah, because that's too that's Osborne. And, well, it's Osborne, and Oscorp really isn't necessarily right. in a part of that. Yeah, so, I mean, they had to pick area. somebody. I mean, so yeah, no, it makes sense. And they had flat, they have Flash in it, yeah. but he's in high school, so he's like the jerk yeah. still, like yeah, they're sure. not. Yeah, no, I get friends, it. It's so. a re, it's kind of a remix of Spider Man. I get it, and it's cool. I just, it's just funny because how they I decided to cast. Yeah, I literally halfway through the mo- half of the movie, I was thinking that was Genki. Yeah, happened. I was like, oh yeah, it's Ned Leeds. Not See, we Ned watched Le- Far From Home like the day before we went and seen it, so I was actually fairly uh, okay. all. You were all. I was all right there, ready right there for it. So that's fair. What was the first one? Uh, Homecoming. That Homecoming. Was, that, was that was with, with uh, Michael Keaton. Michael the Keaton Vulture. and the Vulture. Yeah. yeah. And then Far From Home. And yeah. Then, yeah. Okay. And now No Way Home. And now No Way Home. All right. No Way Home. Cool. I see a trend. Do you? With Home? Yeah. With Home? Home. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're, we got a thing going there. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, Tobey Maguire was the first Spider-Man. Like, the first real Spider-Man when we got the, the, the really big, cool... And a youth pastor. Swinging... Huh? <laughs> the youth pastor. Because he dresses like a youth pastor. No. Oh, yeah, right. Um, you have a suit under there? And you're so, just I mean, a really cool youth pastor. And, or something like that. And so, I mean, you know, that was Spider-Man, but I don't know. The, I didn't really like the two Andrew Garfield movies. I just didn't like the choices that they made sure. with the characters and the movies. I wasn't really... I don't think anybody big. liked the second one. Well, I well, would yeah. agree with and, it, but I, mean, I think a lot of that is because but, of the fact that, number one, they were a bit darker and not quite as, you know... Um, I don't shy away from dark. Type. Very true. But and I, I also feel like with Andrew Garfield, while maybe he wasn't the best embodiment of Spider-Man in some cases, I did feel like the... Uh, chemistry between him and Emma uh, Stone. Emma Stone, whatever, was very, very good. And then, of course, they decided to kill her. Right. So, you know, which kind of took away some of that type of things, too. And I know there's a lot of other off-the-scene crap that I think happened to uh, for part of the reason why it died, as well as it didn't make much money. But you're right. It wasn't as well-received. And a lot of times those things that are a bit more, say, dark or take the less enjoyable turn also struggle a little bit, even from a monetary perspective as well. Right. So I think those are things that caused the Amazing Spider-Man not to be quite as good as, or as fan-friendly maybe as some of the others. I but really liked Tom, the first Amazing Spider-Man. I sorry, didn't really like the second one. Yeah. I wasn't saying anything. At all. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I sorry, Don. I did that no, in you before. So. Now I was just, just gonna, gonna say. I mean, about the logo. Tom, yes, <laughs> the fucking logo. Um, 
No, Tom Holland's Spider-Man seems like like Spider-Man to me. Like, because, I, I mean, I don't know. How old is Tom Holland? Is he, like, in his 30s? But, I mean, uh, no, no. He's in his He's getting to, to so, his I mean, later 20s, I think. So, But, I so. mean, so he's been... When was Civil War? Like, that was his first appearance, right? Yeah, it was. Anyway, my point is, like, Tom Holland to me seemed... Like, Tobey Maguire didn't seem like a teenager. And Tom Holland's character was Spider-Man, the way he interacts with Iron Man, and he seems like a teenager. He does. Like, he seems... He seems like the best version of Spider-Man on the screen that we've had. I saw this really old this movie. Point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, at least that's to me. Because, I mean, like, when, when Spider-Man came out and it was Tobey Maguire, I mean, I didn't feel like he was a teenager. It, it just didn't feel like Spider-Man. And this one, like well, they, Tom, they Tom Holland... They didn't let him be a teenager for very long. Right, remember. exactly. He ended up with an apartment. And... Yeah, within the first movie, he was already going off to college. Right, and so, up. but I think with this movie, with the Marvel Universe the way it is now, the way they introduced him, and Iron Man kind of took him under his wing, which we should have seen this coming with the Iron... Well, the Iron Spider suit was, like, last, but... Like, that all happened with, like, No More Day and all that other stuff with Spider-Man and the Civil War in the comic books. So, I mean, it's like... They keep doing this stuff, like, with the TV shows and the movies, and I'm like, oh, my God, I should have seen that coming. And I, I just don't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, but, um, but I don't know. I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Like, he's my favorite version of Spider-Man that we've gotten out of the three, I think. And I don't know. I tend to agree, and I feel like, a lot to your point, that I feel like he's one of the better embodiments of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I, I felt... Tobey Maguire, maybe while being a little old, pulled off the nerdy kind of insecure bits of Peter, you know, type things. Spider-Man himself, I don't know. Uh, Garfield was a little too cool to be Peter, right. uh, you know, type things. And uh, while he, but he did do really good, I think, on the cracking jokes, you know, and things of that nature of, yeah. of Spider-Man. But I felt like this was a better embodiment. And, and a lot of it is, I think, what you said. He feels even younger as well as right. carries that youthful energy both as Peter and, uh, and Spider-Man. Yeah. So. But anyway, it was good. I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Um, I, well, that's the thing, too. I mean, like, in, in, like you were saying, like, with, um, I don't know. I've been reading comics for so long. It's like they kill people. In comics, and maybe it doesn't translate in the movies. So, like when Mary, when when Aunt May died, I mean, yeah, it was kind of sad because it it wasn't. I wasn't sad that uh, Aunt May died, but it was like it was sad to watch Peter be there and watch yes. Aunt May die. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm not like, oh no, Aunt May's not going to be in the next movie. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I miss that character. But where it was sad was having Peter have to go through that and see it and be there and him lose her. But I guess, like, characters, like, it, you know, I, it just blips because characters come and go in the comics and even yeah, in some of the movies. Yeah, I'm not character. It was right. the emotion of losing his <laughs> right. aunt. It's the only, like, adult, you know, person he had in his life anymore. Right. Well, he lost, you know. Well, Tony Stark died. That's right. So in, you know, in through what we've just seen, you know, he's kind of lost that father figure and mother figure, you know, now. Yeah. Um, 
even though not technically mom and dad, just you yeah, know, people no, that kind exactly. of could fill some of those. And roles. I guess now he's so, lost everybody because that's well, and that's true too. And, and so. I th that's why at the end of this movie, I mean, it is a bit of a downer, you know, yeah. type things for yeah. for that. While you know, lo and behold, they save the day and things of that nature. You know, it's it's put you know, our Peter Parker, who's been kind of the enjoyable funny guy whatever else you know out uh, alone you know quite kind of brother isolated so but that totally so fits we, in go ahead i know we can't talk about hawkeye but can we talk about themes of the show talk about what themes theme themes with sure the show? sure so i'm just gonna actually something that's been kind of interesting about you know what? i don't care you guys can spoil the cinematic. shit out of it i care I don't care anymore. If they okay. want to talk about it, then let them talk about it's it. It's fine. <laughs> what was that, Matt? Sorry, Matt. I'm very curious on this because I have seen the whole thing. So, Well, I guess the, the thing is, is that um, the current cinematic universe seems to be dealing with the, uh, with the themes around loss for heroes in a way that I don't think we've ever seen before. Primarily because the movies generally tend to end on an upbeat note, but the shows and the fact of the sort of ongoing continuity of the universe allows the, the creators to like explore what happens after something in a way that we've never been able to see on film before. And I think that's kind of been super interesting with this, like the part of the Hawkeye show of like, you know, seeing what happens with Yelena coming back. Um, to sort of get revenge about um, Natasha, Natasha and like seeing the, the the risk that Clint takes with his family being, you know, potentially exposed and the fact that he's just a human dude and like seeing Tom Holland after he loses, you know, seeing Spider-Man after he loses the people close to him and like, like it's interesting and like, you know, Watching, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like there's a scene in one of the early episodes of Hawkeye where he's going to the bathroom at a urinal and somebody wrote on the urinal, uh, Thanos was right. Like there are these concepts and themes that they're starting to explore in the MCU that I think are super fascinating in a way that I don't honestly even know if they explore them in this way, in this sort of realistic way, that in the comics even, the way they have been starting to touch on it in the MCU. I think that's that part's super interesting. Did you see I, that... Uh... Did you see Hawkeye also owns a coffee cup that says that? I saw that, yeah. Yeah. It's but like think about it from his perspective. Like here's a dude who lost somebody who was super close to him, and then it's become a part of pop culture that the big bad that he threat you know, he risked his life to fight, people are saying he's right. Like, that's kind of an interesting like we see that all the time in American culture, where people just sort of are flippant about something that like cost people lives. Well, but seeing it somehow when your movie heroes are doing it, it's like it casts it in a different light, which allows you to ex kind of see loss in a different way, I think, which is kind of interesting. Well, something that you're hitting on there, too, Drew, I think, also hit on, or, well, I think you actually had mentioned it earlier when you are talking about Spider-Man, you know, and how these characters you get to, you know, pick up with them or whatever else, you know, and you may enjoy the actor's, you know, version of them, whatever it may be, but, you know... They it's, at some point it stops and they do a reboot and move on and whatever else. Well, look what's happening here in the Marvel universe right now. They're not doing they're doing their own version of a reboot in different ways, but it's 
still trying to maintain that fact that we've we've now lost a character for whatever reason, you know, money, they don't want to do it, age, you know, whatever the hell else. So now they're trying to recast somebody else maybe in a similar role. You know, you could say Yelena and Natasha. You look at Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, you know, type things. Uh, sooner or later, you know, uh, what, Sam, you know, and for Captain America, you know, type thing. Steve Rogers. You know, they're doing it all over and figuring out how do we deal with the loss in these transitions over here, which is is making a very interesting way, I guess, to try to, to figure out how to pass that torch and whatever else. But yet try to do it in different storylines that can either deal with loss or pressures of, you know, um, popularity or whatever else it may mean. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a weird sort of side aspect of the MCU that I'm really enjoying. It's just the, there's an element of groundedness even in this sort of lack of realism. Yeah. <laughs> if, that's, if, if, if that makes sense. Um, there's an emotional dimension, I guess, to it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Don, I know that they changed Captain America's uniform when Sam took over. How did you feel oh, about that? Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't care. Didn't it's care. fine with me. I don't... So it's, it's just Punisher that you have an issue? Yeah, just Punisher. Okay. Well, it's interesting. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of... They sort of painted themselves into a corner because they have all this continuity that they're now maintaining, but actors are dropping off that were very popular, and now they have to somehow replace it with either those actors taking on similar roles, like a new Iron Man, a new Captain America, or they have to introduce new characters, and there's no guarantee these new characters are going to be as interesting as the old characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so, so far they're doing pretty damn well. I guess. Are they, though? I mean... Fucking Yelena, man, is like my favorite new character in the MCU. Jesus fucking Christ. When she pops up in Hawkeye yeah, in Episode 5, right. she is freaking <laughs> hilarious. She's hilarious, but I mean... I don't know. We'll see. I liked her. We'll see if they can maintain. I liked her in Black Widow. I liked her in Black Widow as well too. It was funny when she was when she was having macaroni and cheese with Kate Bishop. Yes, she was. She kept saying Kate Bishop. Are you just saying my name so that I know? You only have one fork. (laughs) And then she's like, "Are you done? Yeah." She's like, "I'm gonna put hot Hot sauce sauce on this." She's like, "I love hot sauce. It's so good." I don't know. She just. She was funny, and it was well it, written, and it was. It was wasn't even a lot of that wasn't written though either. Yeah. Well, they were improvising like, from what I read in Black Widow when she was, you know, talking and, and she's just like, "Oh, with a poser, you're a poser." And, oh, look yeah. at this jacket; it's got all these pockets. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's just funny. I like her as she a character. Yeah, yes, and that character. was kind of cool in Episode Five with the where you learned that she was blipped or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Because, like, for a second, we're sitting there watching going, what the fuck is going on, you know, because the room just spins or whatever. And then it took me a beat to catch, and I'm like, oh, she blipped. I'm like, that's crazy. But uh, And seeing what those people that blipped kind of, you know, imagined, you know, there as well. I mean, for them, five seconds, which was five years, you know, uh, type of thing. Yeah, it's interesting. So, So what were you saying, Drew? So you're like, so basically, they've you're, kind of painted them. You're talking about them painting themselves in a corner. I they are. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic. It's going to be. It's going to be diminishing returns. I think it's going to be hard to maintain that level. I mean, it definitely was cool. Like with Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three, it all led up to Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet, all that or Infinity, whatever. Right. Um. But yeah, now Infinity it kind of like they're they're trying to figure out what where to do, do they next, go and where they go. And I think they still have. Now that they have Fantastic Four and X Men back, I think they still have a lot of juice in it. Right. 
But once they're eventually through all those characters or those arcs, you know, another 10, 15 years, I don't know, I think it's going to be hard to keep making people care about Shang-Chi and, you know, other, like, obscure Marvel characters. They're going to run out of stuff. I And so kind of where I'm going with this is, like, so then I was at the movies and they had the trailer for Batman, you know. So we've got another, like, Batman That looks like a piece of dog I think it looks awesome. Wow. So obviously Hmm. that's a different opinion. Okay. But I don't understand why. I think Batman is a perfect character to run like James Bond. Like, if you don't connect it to other movies, just every few years you have a new guy take on the mantle and you just keep making cool Batman movies like you keep making cool James Bond movies. I suppose yeah. that, you way find when, another actor that way when one's a dud, you just pick up another actor again and tries to try to, hey, we'll try yeah, it again. And so like you find a guy to like be Batman for a while and that guy gets tired of it and then you pick another actor to be Batman and he just kind of takes it over. And it doesn't have to, the movies don't have to be continuity-wise. Or you can have like, you know, Daniel Craig James Bond movies all kind of connected but then they'll re- kind of reboot it like a soft reboot where you get a new actor and it'll be James Bond again. You make it fresh again. You twist it a little bit or I whatever. Could, I could see that. The problem but is But you that... can't do that with the Marvel Cinematic right. movie Universe now because it's all friggin' connected. But that's how they made their success <laughs> over I understand. the last decade. It was a cool idea and it and definitely was that, successful with something right. different. See, it was something but different that they now you can't do what, what they do with James Bond because it's all Very connected. And, and so well, it's like... Well, but why can't they? What did they just introduce? Yeah, but you have to do some weird multiverse thing or something, right? Yeah, they've got themselves but a way out But it still out has now. to be connected. Yeah, the continuity. No way. They, and then they, you got to keep track of all that continuity. They can do whatever. They've introduced what if. They can slap out a new movie right oh. now and say, Captain America, what if, you know, type I know, things. I but it's not And see the how same. it takes off. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Why is it not the same? It's the same exact thing what they've been doing with Batman every time. Yeah, it's not quite the same. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Huh? But I think... They are. They're they're just rebooting. Now, so... Like, Who's rebooting? Marvel. Marvel. Oh. I'm talking about Marvel. They're rebooting. They're going to introduce... They're going to come out with the Young Avengers. They're they going to have Kate Bishop. Yeah, they're but it's have... all these characters. I don't give a crap okay, about. Okay, hold on. That's okay. not a reboot. But a reboot Yeah, it's not a reboot. The entire Spider-Man well, universe is over and you are a new one. They're starting over. They're starting over. Yes. And they're, well, re, they're rebuilding. They're not rebooting. Right. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They are and rebuilding. The point is not the not, the point's not for you. The point is because who the fuck knew who Iron Man? How many people I knew know. who Iron Man was? How many I, people really gave a crap about no, Thor? No, no, nobody. I agree. Nobody. And did. so they've cycled through what the comic book people think are their a number a one people. But to Joe Blow, who's never read a Marvel comic book but seen every Marvel movie, yeah. they don't know the difference between Shang Chi, Shang Chi, and and Iron Man. Yeah. It's just another character. And Marvel did they did the Iron Man movie, and then they did the Thor movie, and then they did the Captain America movie, and then they did the Ant Man movie, and then they did Black Panther, and then they moved everything together. And that's what they're doing now. They blew everything up, and now they're going to move everything back together with different characters that yeah. maybe you don't care about. But there's <coughs> millions of people out there. <coughs> they don't. They don't give a shit. They're like, oh my well, god, it, it's Shang Chi and well, it's Eternals, it, and they're rebuilding it, and it's going to be cool. To your point, I it's think. it's how they it's how they they what what who they what actors they find for these characters and how they develop them. 
you know? Because a lot of people, to the earlier point, probably didn't care about Thor, Iron Man, or Captain America, but they found the right actors, the right writers, the right directors to do stuff with that. Now, now that's their challenge right there. How do they keep it being edgy, and how do they keep it so that people can be engaged in whatever else as they are doing these transitions. I don't know. They haven't convinced me that they can recover from the loss of Robert Downey Jr. at this point. I just see no... I think that is still a huge void. And Do you really? That they've recovered. See, I, think, I don't miss I him mean, in the slightest. I mean, I think that is just... He was such a good actor, I, and he was such a good role. Like Chris Evans, also, I wouldn't have thought that he was a good actor before he was Captain America, but he hmm. embodied that character so well that he became that sort of pivotal role and he kind of i would agree and i just don't know that those i mean the closest is tom holland spider-man right yeah i mean i think he's the closest and he's not even owned by he's not even really owned by marvel yeah i don't know i just think it's tricky i like the doc sorry matt i'll let you jump i like the doctor strange character i think uh his character is funny i think and could fulfill that uh, iron man i think he could kind of take over iron man a little bit sorry go ahead matt no, it's okay. I, I think this is a fascinating topic because I, I did agree with Drew. It's like we, they, you know, Marvel made us care about a lot of these people, but we do now. And so the issue becomes, okay, you've gotten our attention. You've gotten us to care about them. Now, eventually they're going to age out. Eventually they're going to need to be replaced by somebody else. It's how long are we going to, like, how long are you going to develop the Kate Bishop character before you find out whether or not we like it? You know, how long are you going to stick with the Eternals after that movie was a bomb? And, you know, and wait to see if we begin to form a bond with those characters. Like, they've done this great job of building this, like, uber-connected universe that expands out into all these directions and, like, has created these awesome opportunities. But at a certain point, they can't just, like, backfill all of those positions and expect us to pick up you know Shang-Chi which by the way I'm a huge Kung Fu movie guy and a huge Marvel guy nobody should like Shang-Chi more than me I, I thought the movie was just okay right like it was fun to watch but like I didn't really care you know it was like a blip I didn't yeah. even go see Eternals and I really have no interest in it like if it comes on and it's free and it's on Disney Plus I'll watch it some weekend but like I don't care about that so you've lost Robert Downey Jr., who we didn't care about before, but we certainly do now. We Scott we, doesn't. Gotten us to actually care about Spider Man. Maybe we're going to lose that guy, right? Because we don't know if there's going to be a fourth movie. Like I, I well, I did hear that they signed Tom Holland to another three movies deal, but but I don't know yeah, about the rest I, of them. I thought that was still up in the air, but like even if they do, it's but like but this is the point, right? So they get you to like these characters. Like, First off, I don't think anybody loved Hawkeye. So if Hawkeye goes away, <laughs> nobody the point cares. wasn't like, oh God, you know, we've got to backfill Hawkeye quick because we're going to lose all these fans. I know. Let's come up with Kate Bishop. That's a perfect solution to that problem. Because if you really loved Hawkeye, what's to say you're going to like Kate Bishop? Right. Who, who knows if you're going to like that character at all? See, it I don't even know if that different. was, I don't know if that's as much of the case as I think that they're going where Don's going, where they're trying to build up the Young Avengers. Well, but okay, but hold on. Even if they build up the Young Avengers, that doesn't replace the original Avengers. No. And if you have the Young Avengers, it's not like all the fans are going to go, oh, okay, well, we don't have the original Avengers. Let's all go to the new Avengers. That's cool. We're just going to do that now. It's the same. It's just different. Like, no. Like, you're going to end up with a point where probably two movies from now, all the fans are going, 
okay, so what, we basically just wait around for Spider-Man to come out? Like, because who gives a shit about Eternals and Shang-Chi and they've lost Black Panther. I'm very sorry to hear that. I thought the actor was amazing. I thought he did a great job, but now they have no idea what to do with that property. Yeah. That's not What do you mean they lost the actor? It's true. He died. Chadwick oh, Boseman but they're... Chadwick Boseman died. No, 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 I understand that, <laughs> but I thought they were doing it with another... With the sister, sure, but... Yeah, but who... Right, but but, but they're again, to the point, they... That's right, they're transitioning to another character now. But and, Black Panther... Okay, so... I'm but, not trying to make light that, that Chadwick Boseman died. But Black Panther And he was, was a great character. He was a great actor. He played that role well, but the character of Black Panther... Transitions all the Transitions time. all the time I in did. the comic books. I mean, that... Not and, and I don't I know. know how politically correct that would be or how bad it is for me to say it, but I mean they could move on with another iteration of that character, and they are with the sister. I think they they are, but they but they need to, to do it. But they need to do it with Black Panther. I think yeah. not not with the sister. They need to do. But hey, I mean, well, at one point didn't the sister become Black Panther? Probably. I don't comics. know. I'm not yeah, a huge in some storyline. I'm yeah. not a huge Black Panther comic book character guy. Like I don't know the complete history of Black Panther, but. If if they want to do that, then I mean that's even more, like, God, how do I say this without sounding like Clint Eastwood? But here's the thing: in the, even like, in the comic, when they had some, when the sister kind of became Black Panther, nobody cared. Nobody, nobody really liked it. Nobody really cares about movie. Black Panther as a comic that's book true anyway. Too. No matter what iteration, whether it's whether it's T'Challa, whether it's his sister, whether it's a female, I mean, Black Panther. Not nobody. It's. It's a reasonably popular comic book, but I hear what you're saying. It's not, not really. X-Men. <laughs> is it? Is Black Panther a reasonably popular comic book? Yeah, now? Mm, I don't know. Is I that what know. Matt just said? Yeah. It, it is what I said. But, like, what? Honestly, after Spider-Man and X-Men... To be honest, no like, comic books are terribly popular right now. Right, yeah, but... <laughs> you've got, like, two popular Marvel properties, and then you've got everything else. I don't know. I would think you've got Thor. I think Thor's hitting right now. Venom is definitely hitting right now. You've got... Um, Iron Man is probably somewhat... I would say... Our, uh, I would guess Iron Man's more popular than sure. Black Panther. Well, we can drill us into the ground. We should, should we talk about some comics? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I gotta... I gotta leave soon. <laughs> well, <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> just though to close out this, I I do see what you guys are saying, and I think it may be from your comic book fandomness. The, their bigger problem, I think, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be how do they keep the mo how they keep that momentum going with the same writing and directing and everything else that they've done. The, the bar is set very high. Yeah. But I still don't know that I totally agree with the bit being the loss of those characters. I think that they can... Oh, there's an, enough characters in the Marvel library that they can bring in people to do whatever. I don't think no. you necessarily need... I think it's the loss of the actors, not the characters. I, oh, I oh, but even then, I don't think that loss of those actors can, will hurt them, personally. Here's what, I, here's what I think happens. I think we get through Phase 4... Marvel realizes they're losing steam on all their secondary properties. They've lost the core actors uh, from the original Avengers. They're losing some steam. And they use the multiverse for Phase 5 to basically drop in new versions of these people. I agree. They try to see if they can sell us new versions of Thor and new versions of Iron Man, etc. I would agree. And when the public doesn't bite, they just like flip the whole universe and reboot from <laughs> scratch. Now, I, I I think so. That's where I'm going, though, with a lot of the multiverse. They have opened themselves up to do 
any type of rebooting or whatever the hell else that they want and still keep it in the so-called MCU in a lot of ways. So, but they're going to try some things. And I think that so far what I've seen in some cases have been for others successful. I think Yelena coming in as, you know, that actress was a, to me has been just fantastic. I've enjoyed what I've seen in Hawkeye and and Kate Bishop type of stuff. But you're right. Did the world really need another Hawkeye? Probably not. You know, Captain Captain America, they've already kind of shown with, you know, Sam Wilson and Bucky, you know, type things that they can keep going on something there. Are those going to be as well received? I have no idea. What are they going to do for an Iron Man replacement? I don't know. You know, type, type thing. You know. I understand what you're saying from an actor perspective. You know, you had some strong actors there. Are we getting the same strength? I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. We'll see I think it's right going to be two generations before we see somebody who can fill Thor's uh, role in the same way Chris Hemsworth did. Because That may be true, Thor, but he hasn't exactly gone away. Like physically the embodiment of Thor. True. He's ruined it for all other actors. Yeah, possibly. And, he, and he's still there. But he's still there. He's hanging around. And, you know, he's going to do Love and Thunder, and they'll probably see where things go from there as well. He's one of them that, that hasn't actually said, I need out, you know? Yeah. I don't even think he's even given any type of indication at all on that right now. But uh, How come you guys didn't read any comic books this week? We did. Hey, look what I read. Oh my god, you read that? It's a happy, it's a happy Eric feely. Kyle. It's a happy feely. Can Matt see it? Did you show I him? don't know. No. Matt can't see the phone? Oh, sorry. Did you... Did you see what Eddie Gein gone done? Gain. Eddie Gain done. Eddie Gain done. Did you hear what Eddie Gain done? Do you know well, who, you butchered that. Do you know who well, Eddie... that sounds right up Don's alley. Do you know who that is? Eddie Gain. No. The you game? don't know who Eddie Gain is? <laughs> no. Ed Gain? He doesn't know, dude. Oh, okay. But anyway, right. this is by Eric Powell, who's known for doing the goon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the goon guy. He does the artwork. Um, it's written by Harold Schechter. So basically, Ed Gein is the basis for um, Psycho, for um, the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre, and also Silence of the Lambs. So this is a, this is a, a true story comic book. Um, he sounds a, like a real happy one. He's too. a serial killer. Um, back in the fifties, in uh, this is thick. God, where That's was it? I can't remember where it was. It was like some rural, rural community, like uh, Indiana or something. This guy, basically Ed Gein, he lived on this farmhouse and he killed like three or four women, um, and he uh, skinned them. He made. Uh, he made lampshades out of them. He made the bodysuit like the guy, uh, like uh, the guy in Silence of the Lambs. Um, he dug up bodies. He took parts. He he had like bowls that he ate out of, made out of human skulls. Um, he is the he is the reason the gentleman wrote the book Psycho, and then um, Alfred Hitchcock made the movie Psycho. Um, so anyway, this is basically just a, uh, I guess like a biography of him told in a comic book form story of the killer of the killer. Yes. Of Ed Gein. Um, it's interesting. It starts out with, uh, so I don't know how much you guys know about like, um, Alfred Hitchcock and like the making of psycho, but like, uh, when Alfred Hitchcock read the book, so like when psycho came out, 
in what 1961 60 early 60s like it was a huge deal like that that movie changed everything people had never like american people had never seen anything like that on the screen um and alfred hitchcock was almost um i want to say luke george lucas ish like he made a point that once the movie you had to be in the theater. You couldn't come or you couldn't come late. If you came late, they wouldn't allow you in the theater. You had to experience Psycho from the beginning to the end. If you had to leave to go to the bathroom, they wouldn't let you back in the theater. Like wow. there were there were stringent rules. And then even like when Alfred Hitchcock, like when he was making the movie before it came out, he had people go out and he had like his people go out and buy like all the copies of the book of Psycho that he could find so that people couldn't read the book before they went and saw the movie. Is this all in the book or is this just you? No, this is me giving history. Cool. About this Psycho. He's talking about when he was a kid. Right. To go to the right. Yeah. When I was a kid. But they when do they do start the book out with an interview um with um Alfred Hitchcock about Psycho. Um, I'm just giving you background of, of it. So like, but, um, there's an interview in there in the, in the interview, the guy that's interviewing him says that, uh, Hey, this, uh, there was a guy, this is the interviewer talking to Albert Hitchcock. He's like, Hey, there was a gentleman that committed, he killed two people. And then after he saw psycho, he went out and killed a third person. They're like, how does that, what do you think about that? And Albert Hitchcock says, well, what I'd like to know what movie he saw when he killed the first two people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's just Alfred Hitchcock, like taking shit for Psycho and just feeding it back to the. But anyway, this is basically the story of him from when he was a child about his parents, the way he was brought up. Alfred Hitchcock? No, no, no. no. I'm talking about Ed Gein now. I know. And so, like, you know, it starts out with him as a kid, his parents, how you know they didn't. He wasn't the smartest guy. He was probably like on the very low of the IQ level or whatever. He grew up like in a farm. His mom was very um, religious um, as far as like, you know, God this, God that. You know, men are evil because her husband was horrible. Man, that didn't work at all. Right, I know. <laughs> it's so like, but anyway, then it, it, it doesn't really focus on the murders at all. Like, it it leads up to his life, then the murders happen, then they find out that he did one of the murders, and they come into his house, and then it goes into, like, afterwards, which I didn't really know a lot about, like, what happened to him after he was, like, arrested and captured. Um, he did, he went to trial, but then, like, they they found him insane, so he was, like, in a mental hospital for years, and then they finally found him able to stand trial so then they had a a trial for him and they convicted him but then they sent him back to a mental hospital <laughs> like as his as his uh sentence or whatever and then i think he died like he died in prison obviously but i think he it was like in the maybe the 80s when he finally passed away because really? this all happened like they find out about it and it probably been going on for like a couple years but um like it was in the 50s is when when this took place but anyway um it was obviously i know a little bit about ed gein going into it i didn't the only thing that i really like his What's early dry? life was it good 
Yeah, I mean, no, I, you guys probably wouldn't like it. I mean, if you if you're not interested in the in in Ed Gein at all, there's there's no way you want to read this book. Um, it's basically just a biography of him. Um, but I I enjoyed the begin because I I only know the most I know about it of what I know of it is the actual murders and you know what they found and what he did and all this other stuff so it was interesting for me to see the early part of his life and then see the the after he got arrested like what happened to him after that so i mean it's it's basically an autobiography hmm cool you like the art well, yeah Derek Powell, the art's really yeah the cool. art's really cool so but anyway that uh, who's next that was the pick Scott or matt call it go for it matt so I read the second trade of Once in Future. I read the first I, trade. Oh, nice. Did you buy it? Yeah. You read it online? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Was it was it on Hoopla? Hoopla. Yeah, I read it on there. They had the second one on there, too. I just didn't get around to reading what it. What is Hoopla? It's like a library thing, service. Do you pay for it? No. It's free? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it legit? Yeah, it's like through the library. It's not like... Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, what did you think about the first book? I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done. I liked the art. I liked the story. It was your, I mean, it was a typical first story. You kind of introduced everything, kind of got the characters going. And I did, I used to really like King Arthur stuff. Like I liked Excalibur as a kid. I used to like yeah. that stuff, but I hadn't read any of it for a while. I thought it was a little confusing with the different knights and how like certain ones he kind of mentioned how certain knights change roles during the legends and like Percival or Galahad and who got the grail and their Fisher King. I used to remember all that. And it seemed like if you had a good knowledge of all that stuff, it would have been even better. Did you get that sense as well? I mean, I got the sense that knowing all of that, I got the sense that, I should know all of that. Yeah. And so I just kind of... You just kind of roll with it, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. I rolled it. It was still very enjoyable. I just felt like, man, if I knew all that, I think it'd be even better, like next level even. So. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see when you get into the second... I mean, are you going to read the second book? Yeah, I think so. I enjoyed it enough to read the next one. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, is like there's an overarching story, which is about the knights and reclaiming... Um, Britain for, you know, the, the, the British, British. Uh, you know, taking down the Saxons, etc. And then in the second book, I feel like it starts to, like, in the first book, they sort of ended Arthur's quest because yeah. they, you know. They stopped they, him. They, I, yeah, I don't want to, like, they, anyway, they stopped his quest. But they obviously can't end it there. And so it has to keep going. And so they... It's now starting to venture outside of that core story a little okay. bit, and it starts to be it starts to be a little bit more mythical monster huntery. Okay, and so it's it has to branch out a little bit. And honestly, I I started to feel in the second book that if they just keep going farther off the beaten path, like yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to read the third book, but I kind of am hoping that they bring it back a little bit. Um, well, I thought they could have just continued the same story, just the next phase of that. You know what I mean? But if they're yeah. branching out, I don't know if that's the best way that I would have gone, necessarily. So, they I, mean, I won't spoil this, but, like, they bring in Beowulf. Oh, uh, okay. And then I'm like, uh, okay. 
<laughs> I know even I mean, less like, about Beowulf than I do about King of Arthur. Right, exactly. And then it started to be like, well, you know, is this going to be... What, what was that fairy tale book by Image for a long time? Uh, uh, I Hate Fairyland? <laughs> No, 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 no. It was, uh, James Jean did the cover art for a Oh, Fables. Fables, Fables, but that was Fables. DC. It was Vertigo, yeah. Oh, it was Vertigo. Okay, That's sorry. where you turn us. Um, but, like, you know, that was one of those where if you were really into and you wanted, just wanted to chase fairy tales and fables, like, that was a great book for that. Sure. Th this feels like, but I think they were honest from the beginning about what they were going to do. This one felt like they were leading you down a path and then they switched gears. And I'm yeah. not as excited, but who knows? It's the second book. Maybe by the third book, it brings it all back around. Bring it all back. The main, yeah. the main guys are still involved, so it's not like they've completely ended the Arthur Merlin storyline. But um, I don't know. It, it was, it was a bit of a, a lull in the second book, so I'm anxious yeah. to read the third book just to see how they end it. Um, well, I'm sure it's a I case of it was it. way more successful than they thought, because they yeah. were, they probably gave you enough in the first book they could have actually ended it. It would have been fine, you know. But yet, oh, let's keep going. It's like, oh, well, we'll do all this other stuff too. It's like, oh, okay, you know. I mean, the art's awesome. Like, I really love the art. It's I don't quite know how to describe it, and I don't know who to compare it to. You guys would probably do a much better job of this. But yeah, I mean, it's he's he's kind of like a a late top cow image type style guy, I would think. Yeah, is, is that Tenyon that writes it? No, this is Gillen. Gillen, sorry, Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen, okay. And Dan Moore does art. I don't Dan know if Moore. you know him. I've heard of him, and I've seen some of his stuff. He's yeah. kind of... I mean, I think he's got a very commercial style. He looks a lot like a lot of other guys. Like, I don't... He doesn't have a super unique look to it. But right. it's very good. It's good. I think the colors are awesome. Like, he kind of reminds me of... Um, yeah, I think you're right about, like, the Top Cow image era. Maybe a little bit of... Yeah, that's probably the best comparison. Yeah, but, anyway. but I mean, it's very—it's solid. It's very good art. So, art's awesome. I, I'm hopeful that the story re like kind of gets back on track. It's still fun. It's still a fun read, but yeah. the second book was not as good as the first. So gotcha. we'll, we'll kind of fingers crossed see how it goes. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll probably have to check it out. I'm almost out of stuff to read, so I'll probably head back to it. Jesus, what's that like? I don't know, I still have 40-some issues of Spawn to read, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> of Spawn? Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. All right. So, anyway. Where's that to look forward to? Right. All right, Scott, what did you read? I want to hear what you thought of this awesome Frank Miller Dark oh, Knight. Jesus. I did read Scott uh, probably loved the shit out thing. of it. it. This is like the best Dark Knight <laughs> Dark since Knight. the first we one. We talked about it last time, and I loved it, remember? Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's, 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 it's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you know, I don't have that much attachment to to DC characters in general. A lot too. Uh, I don't know that you need to, but I mean, I just felt like this whole thing was a little. It's a lot of what you said. I don't know that there's too much I can go around. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of words, and for all those words that are in there, it still seems like it's a little bit convoluted or makes some weird jumps and <laughs> yeah, the words don't actually things. help the storytelling. No, it doesn't. It's almost like he was trying to tell like a. A poem or something throughout yeah. here with with it and and things. When did and Frank Miller start writing like this? So I I, I, I know he started drawing crappy. I guess he decided to start writing crappy yeah, too. I, I'm Just not hit sure. all of them. I'm not sure. Yeah. So it is. Nah. I mean the the one good thing about it is I mean it's short. 
So it, it didn't it feel does, short, it though. It doesn't take that long. <laughs> the one good thing about so. it is it's short. <laughs> it felt longer than it is. It did probably feel a bit longer. I, I did have to keep looking and going, how much more is there? <laughs> but, but the uh, art's really good, right? I, I did like the art for the yeah. most part as well, yeah. Raphael yeah. Grandpa. It honestly almost reminded me of Quietly. In yeah, some a little spots. bit of Quietly. A yeah. little bit of. Uh, did you ever read that Little Bird book? Uh, I think I remember you reviewing it. Okay, that, maybe. yeah. It's a little bit um, of Quietly, a little bit of Ian Bertram, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. It's a, so, but yeah, it. I, I don't know. I, I I probably don't think it's as bad maybe as you did because I mean there's well, I, a little I bit set of the expectations. Sto- you did set the expectations <laughs> very very low, so you're right. But um, I did make it through, and yeah, I would just definitely agree that it's not a very good story. No, it's pretty bad. I'm glad I went for the deluxe edition though. Oh, I bet so. I bet so. It's got a nice feel. <laughs> That's right. That'll really? look beautiful on your bookshelf. Yep. <laughs> In the trash pile. That's a keeper. Cool. Nice. Did you read anything else? Was that uh, like yeah, just Scout. Just Scout? Yeah. Well, dude, I had to go like change my whole schedule so I could go see Nose to see Spider-Man. It'd take two and a half hours. To I see did read movie. Geiger. Don's read this, I think. I have. I don't know if I finished the first arc, but I've read a lot of it. So this is Geiger by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Ooh. Yeah, but they screwed up the Punisher logo. No, that's not the same guys. <laughs> I like, like this book. It looks like a skull. This book's pretty cool. So it it's is cool. So it's basically post-apocalyptic. It's like in the future, there's been a nuclear war, and somehow this guy got nuclear power. So it's he's kind of cool. He's got like two fusion rods that like actually go in his back. And, like, he has to put those in his back to, like, keep him from, like, exploding. And then he takes him out, and he, like, gets all glowy, and he, like, beats up bad guys and fights, like, the evil oppressors of this post-apocalyptic world. And there's, like, a story with some kids who are, like, escaping from, like, some horrible place, and he kind of takes them under his wing and protects them. And I don't know. It's fun. The character is is well-developed. You kind of understand his motivations, and it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic superhero thing. What's cool about it which kind of gets me excited is they're trying to do a whole universe of these characters like the next book isn't necessarily going to be about geiger he's got like a whole they've created like a whole uh universe of these characters and i think the next book is going to be like a different character at a different time like it's going to be like through the ages like 50s through you know 2050 1950s through 2050s and they're going to try and make it all kind of connect and so it's kind of interesting like they've got a timeline here i don't know if you can see that matt but uh like when different people popped up and so i think they're going to do like a series of each of these characters all the way back i say 1950s all the way back to like 1776 or whatever they had nuclear powered people back in 17 no it's like a red coat guy see it's like a red coat i don't know it's kind of an interesting concept you know to have this own like create your own universe and a history of it with different superheroes and people i don't know it's kind of cool um but this one was very world building Normally not necessarily, but in this case, it looks like a kind of interesting idea. So we'll see where it goes and if they actually follow up on all this stuff. But this book, as a standalone book, it's really solid. It's really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought you kind of liked World Building, no? I do, I guess. If it's done well. If it's done well, sure. The cool part about this character is, like, his... The the bombs... This is this book, right? Yeah. The bombs drop. Mm Mm-hmm. And he gets locked because there are people that are trying to get into his shelter, yeah. like neighbors. Uh-huh. So, like, he throws his family in there. Yeah. 
and he gets trapped outside. Yeah. And so he's spending his time protecting the, the bunker where, the his, bunker family where his family is so yeah. that he can eventually, when the world gets good enough, that he can let them out. He can let them out. But it's been and, like 30 years. But it's been like 30 years. And so like this, he gets into a fight and he gets smashed through the bunker. And they're and not alive like, in there. He's like, oh my God, you killed my family. And then they open it up and they're like skeletons. Like they didn't make it past the first week or what, like they've been dead the whole time. Yeah. But he's been protecting his bunker. Correct. Thinking that like he's protecting his family. Yes. And that so. was kind of like the whole, the hook, the twist, the whatever. For yeah, the that does happen in the book. And yeah, it is part of it. Well, I mean, it's like the initial it's yeah, like totally. Setup. Yeah, that's part of the setup. So. so we just spoiled it for you, Matt. Yeah. Yep. Matt's never going to read it. He might. This oh. might be a book he'd read. But Probably that doesn't not. ruin everything. It's just... But uh, Gary <laughs> Gary Frank does art. He's one of my favorite artists. I haven't been reading his stuff because he's mostly been doing, like, the sequel to Watchmen crap, which I don't refuse to read at this point. Which so. you don't refuse to read? <laughs> which I do refuse to read uh, at this point. I don't gotcha. want to read Doomsday Clock. Gotcha. But, uh, Doomsday Clock wasn't that bad. Was I know, but I don't okay. need a sequel to Watchmen. I'm the same. I refuse to to jump into any of the expanded Watchmen universe. Plot. I mean, it's they like, get really good creators. It's probably pretty decent, but I just don't want it at this point in my life. Maybe at some point I will. Maybe. Right now I don't. I, it's To me, it's a little like the Punisher logo, and I mean this ser seriously, <laughs> like just come up with a new character. Right. It's like right. You, you don't sacred. have to plumb the, the, the universe and try to drag out stories that don't need to exist. Like, just but, tell different stories. But people want more Watchmen, Matt. No, they don't. They Nobody it. wants more Watchmen. They crave I don't it. Think they need does. it. Nobody said, man, I need more Watchmen. Did you say you need more Watchmen? No. No. Do you say you need more I, Watchmen? No, I don't. Nope. Okay, I don't know who's saying that. So when I, I read... need more Watchmen, I go back and I reread Watchmen. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Star Wars. Sweet. Dope. Okay, so this is War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah. I'm, it I'm a... not finished with this, by the way. Oh, are you reading it? I am. Oh. I think Zach might have read this. Okay. Did you did you just read the the six issues of the the main story? Maybe. I read the yeah okay so that's the Star Wars story where War of the Bounty Hunters kicks off and then it branches out right right it ran through like probably thirty fucking books it ran through the Star Wars the main Star Wars book there's a bounty hunter Star Wars book that it ran through there were like five or six one shots of different bounty hunters like IG88, Azuckus, and Forlom. Like a Boo is it Boosh? The Boosh. Princess yeah. Leia? Yeah. So there were like six or seven one shots. It also I think tied into like the Darth Vader series and the Doctor Aphra stuff. But I didn't buy that. I I just bought the books I normally buy, which were the Star Wars book, the main Star Wars book, the the Bounty Hunter book, The War of the Bounty Hunters, and then I bought all the one-shots. Um, well, I mean, Feel free to talk about it. I'm not going to read all of that. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just going to mainly talk about the story itself. So, when Marvel did got the Star Wars license back and they started off, they did like 75 issues, and it was all up to Empire Strikes Back. Yep. And then Empire Strikes Back happened, and now they're between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So that's where the main Star Wars story is. So this is basically just... And it's not like I'm going to spoil anything for you, Matt, because, I mean, you know what fucking happens. You've seen the movies, but 
So basically is what happens is Boba Fett has Han Solo in carbonite. What? And he's damn spoiler. And he's he's trying to get him back to Jabba. How much have you read, Matt? Like the first (laughs) enough to know that like all the bounty hunters are trying to descend on Boba and try to get the bounty for uh, Han Solo. Okay. Uh, right. So basically... I've heard about this, yeah. So Didn't you talk about this one before? Boba Fett is on his way to take Han Solo to Jabba, and the carbonite start... The carbonite... Uh, whatever you call it, the slab of the carbonite, like, goes on the fritz. And so... Uh, that's not good. Boba Fett has to, like, make a pit stop on, like... I, is it Tatooine? It, it's some world. He has to make Why a pit stop. Probably not Tatooine. Tatooine. I was asking Matt, because Matt's red part of it. No, it wasn't Tatooine, because that's where he was going. Anyway, he stops off, and he's got, like, an old buddy or uh, an old associate, because Boba Fett doesn't have buddies. He has, like, an old associate that he stops and asks him to... Fix the carbonite thing so he can get Han Solo to Jabba. So the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll you do got it." The variant edition here. And then Boba Fett leaves big money. to go do something, and while he's gone, they kill the guy that was working on him and steal Han Solo. So now Han Solo's gone. Boba Fett doesn't have him, and then not. Jabba finds Dead. out that Boba Fett either reneged or he doesn't know what's going on so he puts out a bounty on Boba Fett oh. so all the bounty hunters are now going after Boba Fett um, it's like a war of the bounty hunters yes it is a war of the bounty hunters and so it's Boba Fett trying to fight all the bounty hunters and get Han this Solo this sounds dumber and dumber as you and go along and also so you have <laughs> Princess Leia and Lando and Chewbacca who are now trying to... Well, they've been trying to get Han Solo since the beginning. So it's yeah. like they're going after him. Boba Fett's trying to chase him down. He's got all these guys chasing him. Um, I mean... Are you enjoying it? Or did you like it? It, it was good. I mean, it was entertaining? It was ridiculous that they broke that thing out over like 30 fucking issues. You could just read The War of the Bounty Hunters and you'd be fine. Hmm. Some of the... Um, some of the tie-ins, the one-shots were kind of cool. How, okay, so you guys know Zuckus and Four Long. Yeah. Is, is that how you pronounce it? Sure. Okay, yes. that's not how were... you pronounce it. In the comic book, you spell it out. It's Four L-O-M. Okay. Okay. It's not when long. I was seven, it was Four Long. I know. I've been pronouncing it wrong for... That's okay. I'm just shocked that they named the figures wrong, and now the characters are mixed up in my head for the rest of my life. That is true. Because Zuckus is the... Four Lama and Four Lama Zuckus. On the actual action figures, though, right. when you get them, they had the names misprinted, misprinted. between the two. Because I always figured I always the other one the was the other one. the bug-looking guy yeah. with the, like, gray suit was Zuckus, but apparently the, right. the tan guy is Zuckus. Right. And the gray dude is Four Lama, but well, that's not how the f- action figures were. That is right. correct. I was the same way when I started reading this. I'm like, those are flipped, but it's also they, they spell it out. So he always uh, they always refer to him as Four L-O-M instead of Four Lama. Well, because he's always spelled out? No, they it's Four E-L-O-H-E-M. Oh. Have you read enough of Four Lama to get that? It's Four L-O-M. But... They've been, they've been doing it in the Bounty Hunter series, too. 
Because he popped up in that, and they, they've been doing it as for LOM. Don't be an idiot. It's for LOM. Right. For it is for LOM. But anyway. So that's because he's a droid. If you're... C-3PO. Right. IG-88. But we all called him for LOM, right? Yeah. Everybody we did, just us. because it was an easier way to do it. And yeah, we okay. were still it was learning our alphabet. wrong anyway, because action figures had the wrong name on it. <laughs> it didn't really matter. Fuck me. Anyway. It's, He'll always be Zuckus to me. As far as like, um, <laughs> it's not four L O M. It's Zuckus. As far as Star Wars, com <laughs> Star Wars comic books go, it's good. It's decent, but I mean, it's still Star Wars comic books. I mean, I, I so enjoyed awesome. it. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I enjoyed it. So and the Zero or the Prelude, it's the arts by Steve McNiven. Yeah, it's I was looking. So the artwork yeah. is insane. Yeah. I wish he would have done the whole series, but he didn't. Well, if you want to wait three years. Well, sure. I don't care. <laughs> you got plenty of other stuff. I got to plenty of other stuff. To read. What do I care? Um, but good. anyway, it it was it was good. Sweet. And I just I thought that they drug it out way too long. Yeah, just like that review. What'd you think, Matt? Good Did you like it? What you well, you you haven't finished it, but do you have, do you like what you've read so far? So I really enjoyed a lot of the Star Wars comics, but I have to admit that like. As we approach this story arc, um, I felt that it's dragging a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like. It, it, here's here's my sense on these Star Wars comics is like, the first few of them, the first actually, the whole dark, first two Darth Vader series and the whole first Star Wars run. Like even through thirty plus issues, like I, I enjoyed a lot of it, and it felt like they were telling stories that were worth reading. And they were kind of interesting and they did some world building and you know they went out on some limbs and i thought that was all cool this most recent run up to war of the bounty hunters has felt like a bit of hey we need to do another issue uh can you guys just crank something out so right. we can print it and i haven't felt a really strong connective tissue to the movies i haven't felt like the characters are doing things that matter um and like it used to be the thing that got me to open up the Marvel Unlimited app, like, you know, every week or so. And I've struggled to go back in and just, like, find myself motivated. Um, I've been pretty disappointed. I was kind of hopeful that War of the Bounty Hunters would kick it off and, like, rejuvenate it and throw some energy into it. But so far, it kind of feels a bit like that, hey, we've got some more issues to write. Maybe we could do something with Bounty Hunters. Everybody loves them. It doesn't feel very inspired. Yeah. Well, even the end of the the original Marvel 75-issue run or whatever, like, not the original, but the last series before this, I mean, like, it, it was good at the beginning, and then it kind of trailed off, and then, you know, it's like, this is in between, so this whole run, there, it, Han Solo's not going to be in it at all, because he's going to be frozen in carbonite for the whole thing, you know what I mean? Like, and the I don't comics, know. yeah. In, in the Sorry. comics, and so, like, I don't know. After War of the Bounty Hunters, like, uh, they, it was such a long, drawn-out story. I'm kind of, like, I don't know. I may be done buying Marvel Star Wars comics. Like, maybe I've read all the Marvel Star Wars comics I need to read. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I do. It feels to me like it suffers a little bit from the same thing that the sequel movies suffered from, which is they're a little too tethered to the original yeah. storyline that it for the creators to do something interesting requires them to do things that would upset the fans, <laughs> you right. know? So like, there's this terrible tension of, you know, if 
you pull a Ryan Johnson and try to do something interesting, you could piss everybody off. If you don't do it, it just feels rote and kind of by the numbers and not super right. interesting. And I'd be much, I'd much more like explore the Chiss universe, right? Like there's a whole Star Wars universe outside they've not touched or go back to the higher, like there's so many different times and places that they could dive into. They don't have to tell the Han Lu. They could explore Mandalorians. You know? Yeah, could. tell me a fucking epic amount of shit about Mandalore. Like go back to all the times before the stuff we've seen in Rebels and, and Clone Wars. Like there's stuff you could talk about that could allow for a little more creative freedom, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think you just talked me into uh, dumping Star Wars. Thanks, wow. Matt. You just saved me a bunch of money. I read, <laughs> I read the Rocketeer by Dave Stevens. Okay. Um, this is the. <laughs> this is a complete. So you're the one guy who bought that book. Right? Why? <laughs> so this is a complete adventures. <laughs> it's like it's like me reading the first hundred issues of Fantastic Four. Well, this came out in the 80s, well, yeah, not right. the 60s, yeah. and it's written in a modern style. Right. So. But anyway, um, so yeah, this is basically Can all the it? comics that Dave Stevens put out in his life, because he died at eh, like age 40 or something, maybe 50. Yeah, that only looks like that's like eight issues. Yeah, it's not much. He's, <laughs> he was meticulously slow, but his art his, is amazing. Yeah. It's probably the, some of the best art in comic books. It's it's talked about. His he's pretty amazing. And his, so he was not fast, but he was good. This is this is talked about. I've never read it. But uh I mean I was kinda in for the art, but the story's okay. I mean it's basically your pulp hero. He gets a had have you all seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. I mean, he finds like I a. Mean, I saw it when it came out. Yeah, he finds like a experimental uh, rocket pack, and he becomes like puts on a suit and he becomes. It's like around a like uh, what the fifties or something or forties? It's more like thirties, forties, thirties, forties. I don't know, dude. There's airplanes. It was like uh, World War Two or something. Wasn't yeah, it's it? like so World War Two era. Yeah. It might even be fifties. So I think it might be post World War Two. Okay. No, it might okay. be World War Two. I think it's the year II. is nineteen thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. There Ooh. you go. And so Los it's very. Angeles is it's definitely Indi Indiana Jones era type stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean it's fun. The art's really good. Uh, Dave Stevens is known for kind of drawing that girl art. He draws a character, and she looks a lot like Betty Boop. And apparent or not Betty Boop. What's the girl's name? Uh, maybe it's Betty Boop. I don't know. Maybe I don't not know. Not Betty Boop. She ain't got any clothes on in that. Yeah, no clothes there. But anyway, so I don't know. He's a uh, she ain't got any clothes on that. Well, no clothes. But, uh, yeah, it's really good, art-wise. <laughs> but the story's okay. I mean, it's kind of your 80s style. The art's comic. really cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'd show it, but God has it. Well, here, do it. I'm you just, just had kidding. the cover popped up up there. That's so. true. I'm going to show Matt what it looks like. I'll show him the naked lady. Show part. him the naked lady. He'll like that part. Maybe. Damn, you lost it. I know. Do you need me to get to it? Yeah, he gets to it. It pops right up on iron. Yeah, it's it. right, it right a to magnet it. for it. It's, it's like it forever. was bookmarked or something. It's <laughs> early. Oh, there it is. There you go, Matt. See, that's kind of art. I mean, the art's really interesting, minus the Betty Page thing. Yeah, Betty Page. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, apparently he's kind of based his character on Betty Page, and then he actually... the. 
the writer artist, he actually went and like started <laughs> meeting her and helped her like get her likenesses back and kind of helped her. Oh, that's awesome. So he kind of, cause he's an LA guy. I think he's a California guy is where he's from. So anyway, it's interesting. It's, I kind of got it for the art. The art is amazing. The story is average, I mm. guess you could say. Mm. But anyway, I'd never read the stuff or looked at the art altogether. So it was kind of cool. I could see with that art why somebody would be compelled to tell that story visually. Like, yeah, like turn that into a movie or do something with it. Sure, like it's beautiful. Like it's really cool art. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing. What else you got, Matt? Yeah. What else uh, you got? I guess yeah. I can talk about one more before I split. Um, mostly, I've been just digging through monstrous. And I'm about halfway through now. How many issues of uh, that are there? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I, I was looking in the previews. I think they're up around like 35-ish, somewhere around 30-something, I think. I mean, a lot of that is collected in this hardcover, because this is a huge hardcover. Um, let me see if I can find out. It's got a saying here somewhere, right? Usually it does. But sometimes it's in the fine print, which I can't read anymore without glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, issues one through 18. Oh, nice. That is a chunk. Yeah. Yeah, the hardcover covers a lot of ground. It's it's pretty epic. Um, wow, I got to tell you, really hard to describe this book. Like, without, like, if you haven't read it, trying to explain it to you is really tricky. Um, it's very, it's, it's, it's a fantasy world with interesting characters, humanoids and partial animal creatures. There's like, uh, this like black spirit type thing that can invade certain creatures that they can harness. That's like a devil that tries to take them over and do bad things, but they can also wield it as a weapon. And there's like a war going on where humans treat these like partial animal creatures terribly. And so this is sort of like an uprising among these animal creatures that are like part human, part animal. Like I, I literally have no idea how to describe it, but it's such an in-depth world and it's super interesting and creative. And the storytelling is done really well. The art's incredible. Um, I, I don't even know if I really like the story, to be honest, but it's done well enough that I just keep reading it. Um, and it's so gorgeous to look at that, like, you know, even if I frankly was bored with the story, I think I'd still flip pages just to look at what's going on. It's, it's pretty compelling. Cool. It's, I, I don't know, the hardcover wasn't super expensive and it's really well done. And the art's so good that it's probably just worth anybody picking up and checking it out because it's, uh, it's really unique. Cool. It's uh, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Yeah, yeah. It's kind. Of, it's got a lot of buzz. I think it's selling really well. I've been meaning to check it out. I just haven't gotten around to it. Like you say, I haven't got a good elevator pitch on it. What exactly it is, or what it's about, type of thing. It's a hard elevator pitch to get. Like yeah. if I wasn't just kind of obsessed with the cover art and the hardcover style, the hardcover format, I, I like. I bought it on a lark. Like I was just like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I'll check it out. It's cool to know that it's getting some buzz. It must mean that it's worth continuing to read. But yeah. Well, any image book to get to 35 issues is pretty impressive. So. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Yeah. So that's cool. 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 Nice. That's it for me. 
All right, cool. Are you gonna hang around, or you got you wanna head out? I can stick around for a couple minutes, but I gotta bail soon. All right, that's fair. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the hardcover of that in a couple weeks, so don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. Um, Do you have to talk about it? I'm gonna talk, just talk about, about it. the themes. Yeah, I'm just gonna talk about the theme. Oh. So I read uh, Strange Adventures. Um, <laughs> Scott, or I mean Matt and Scott. It's twelve issues. Whoa. They came out very sporadically. Like I don't know. I You're think sporadic. That, I think that book took like two years for twelve issues to come out. Um, it's by. Um, it's it, not bad. That's who not is it? Is wrong. it Tom King? It Tom, is Tom King, King. Yeah. Mitch Gerads, and Evan Shaner. So that's the team that was on the Mister Miracle. They right? They well, did, not they, Evan Shaner. Oh, just okay. Mitch Gerads. Mitch Gerads and, and Tom King. They did a twelve issue um, Mister Miracle DC series. That was kind of, uh, God, what would, like, it's more kind of adult, I guess. I don't know, like, they deal with more adult themes, I guess. Kind of vertigo-like? Uh, kind of vertigo-like, yeah. Um, so basically, this is about um, Adam Strange. And I don't know how much either, danger. either of you guys know about Adam Strange, but Adam Strange is... Zero. Okay, so Adam Strange is basically, he... He's been around for fucking ever, like back in the, what, 50s or 60s? He's like a thousand years old. But his character is basically, he, I don't remember how, there's a ray. Zeta beam. A Zeta beam. Come on, you read the damn thing. I know, but I don't know the history (laughs) of him from this. Don't spoil it, though, for me. Okay. (laughs) So, so, he's an Earth man, and there's this Zeta beam that hits him, and it transports him to this world called Rand. And they have like jetpacks, and they're a little bit. There's like a princess there, and a it's king. like a strange adventure. It's a, yeah. And so, when when he gets transported to Ran, like he's only there for a short amount of time. Like he might be there for two weeks, and then he the the beam wears off, and he goes back to Earth. Well, that's the history of this character. He just he goes back and forth from Ran, and then eventually he marries the princess, and they have. A daughter and and so like he they call him the man of two worlds or, or whatever like he just he gets zapped back and forth so basically this story is really it it's almost like uh what was that uh what was the um justice league story with the murder that was like 12 issues that came out like a long time ago that brad Meltzer did identity Identity crisis. Identity crisis. It's almost kind of like identity crisis it's in not a way. Well, seven issues. Whatever. Sure. It was that series, but it, it's kind of like that. Like it's it's more. I don't know. Adult. Adult <laughs> sort of. Is it about PTSD? <laughs> no. And Tom King, like, I don't know. I I'm not a big Tom King fan. You're not. Um. Other than Tom King Mr. Fan? Miracle, Strange Adventure. So anyway, basically, this story is. Did you read Vision? No, I haven't read that. Oh, then you'd be a Tom King fan. That'd be three, three series. Right. Like. Um, so I thought you liked his Batman Christ. stuff. It, it was okay. okay. Why You pelt me with fucking questions <laughs> in my review, and then wow. Why does it when take it so takes long? me forever, <laughs> you bitch about how long it takes me to do a goddamn what? review. It's funny, right? I feel like Chris has been talking the whole time. It's my like shtick. So. How so, rude. All right. So he was he's been on Rand and there was this there was this alien force that invaded Rand. 
Was it the Thanagar? And they were, no, it's Damn. different. It's a different one. <laughs> and they're like ruthless and they're like. Uh, Do they have wings and they're like maces? I don't know. They don't really show them that much. Oh, weird. So, anyway, there's this brutal war that happened on Ran. And it like pretty much wiped out a lot of the, the planet. And so it was a really hard fought battle, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like it put a strain on, on him. Um, they, so this is about PTSD. Yes, mm-hmm. they lost their daughter. Their daughter got killed what? in the war. Uh, spoiler. And so he comes. They, him, and his wife come back to Earth, and then they're hanging out on Earth. And then they get word that that force is come. That those aliens are coming to Earth, and they're gonna destroy Earth. So. They come to him and they're like, well, you fought these people, so, you know, we need you to to help us. And then, but then there's some things that they find out that maybe he didn't do, like, he may have critic, uh, he may have perpetrated, uh, like, war atrocities, like, he was brutal, like, to take these people out. And, of course, you know, the Justice League, like, Superman and Batman, they're not going to make the hard decisions, like, they're going to do everything they can to save a race rather than destroy it like Adam Strange did. You know what I mean? And so yeah. there's that there's that controversy and so then like they they hire uh Mr. Terrific. He has Are to come still in. trying to make that dude happen? Yeah. He comes oh in God. and he's Let like die. he comes in and he's like they hire him to like do an independent investigation oh. to see if Adam Strange like did anything that he shouldn't have done and this and that. Wow, that but sounds exciting. It it really is. I, I'm not selling it, but I enjoyed it. I mean it's sweet. It was it was really good. If you liked Mr. Miracle, you're gonna like Strange Adventures. That's why I bought the hardcover. Right. Now so, I know everything about it though. So I don't you don't know anything about it. I didn't ruin anything. I set up the story. It. Jesus. There I'm sorry. So there's no position. little girls with braces going to the dentist in it. <laughs> yeah, so the girl's dying. That was for you, Matt. That was just for you. I appreciate it. Okay. I love that you've always got that callback locked and loaded. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I don't All think right. he said it tonight until now. Anyway, so. anyway, I I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good. Right. I think you might. I'm sure I will. I, I'm a Tom King fan. Oh, okay. So, I, Tom King is fine. I just I can't listen to like I enjoy his writing. I enjoy the works Isn't that he, he does. A writer? But I can't stand listening to him like on as a person. He irritates the shit out of me. I don't, hmm. I don't listen to him as a person. I just read his books. Okay. I don't want to listen to Stephen King rant and rave either. All right. Well, then you'll be writing. fine. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. When I say I'm a fan, I mean of their work. No. Uh, okay. I don't actually know Tom King. Well, I don't either. But I've listened oh. to several podcasts that he's been on, and he irritates That's fair. me. I mean. <laughs> I don't really like to even listen to Ed Brubaker on podcasts. Right. You know, so and I love his writing. I kind of don't think he even likes to listen to you on podcasts. <laughs> Guessing he doesn't. <laughs> I'm 100% sure of that. All right. Well, that took All right, forever. Guys. All right, heading out. All right. Thanks. All right, we'll see thanks, you, Matt. Thanks for coming, man. See you, Matt. See you. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah. Merry All Christmas. Right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Thanks. Bye. All right. I want to know what you thought about Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. The reboot. The new girl. Doesn't it seem like The Punisher? Yeah, which isn't Kick-Ass basically The Punisher? Mm, not as much as this one, I don't But think. yeah, it's basically... Um, it's about a girl. She comes back from 
servant overseas. She was like in a, you know, in the army or the Marines or something, some kind of force in Afghanistan somewhere. She comes back and of course she's trying to adjust to civilian life. Her husband, who's she's been supporting, is like run off to do his musical career with like a secretary or some girl from his work. And so she's left with Good the man. kids and she's back and she's basically working well, yeah, trying yeah, trying to like pay the bills and of course she can't get paid. And she's like, I was leading like a group of people overseas. And now I'm here trying to just work like nine to five type waitressing jobs just to make ends meet type of thing, you know, type of thing. So she's frustrated. And then she realizes that there's like a lot of drug dealer people in her neighborhood. And just and she's like, you know what? I'm going to take money from them and I'm going to donate like half of it to the poor. I'm going to keep half to pay my bills and I'm going to be doing good. So, of course, she dresses up like kick-ass and basically becomes like the she, Punisher. She only takes what she would make overseas. like Yeah, like her base, her base army pay. Her base army pay. And then she donates like, the rest to yeah. try and make the community better as she's taking down these people who are ruining her community. She's getting like but, I mean, it's your typical dollars and she's taking like 10 It's your typical Mark Miller kind of, you know, spin. And it's it's well done. It's well told. John Romita Jr. does art. I like that whoever did the coloring on this. I felt like it really yeah. made his art stand out a little more. Mm -hmm. um, it was cool. I enjoyed it. It, it was a little on. bit different. It goes on for like I think two or three arcs, and I, I don't yeah, think I think Romita he brings in different. No, they get different artists, and I think a different writer. I think Steve Niles does like book two. Yeah, Steve Niles. Yeah, like writes. I think they have some of that. So anyway, this is just volume one. So but yeah, I was just curious what you thought of it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I it's a it. solid it okay. kickash book. I mean, it's a solid Miller book. Like all his stuff is pretty readable and yeah. enjoyable. I mean, it's nothing like the greatest thing ever, but I mean, right. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I mean, with all the Miller stuff, you have to kind of not think too hard and don't worry too much about the details. I mean, the plot's going to go where it's go, so he gets his twist. You know, it's not always going to make, yeah. make perfect sense or be, like, realistic or anything. I did like the twist at the end where she basically takes over the mafia or the, the cartel right. that she was trying to take down and she becomes, like, their leader. Their leader. <laughs> well, there's also a thing in there where, like, isn't there something like with her brother-in-law or something? Yeah, like the brother-in-law is part of the is part of the mafia in like yeah. the mob and like she he sees her. Like he sees her face, like he unmasks her or something, like he knows who she is, but then he gets he goes into a coma or something. So there's Well, I don't like think he tension. actually sees her. Maybe that's the second arc. <laughs> well, no, it happens. And he does go into a coma, but I didn't know that he 100% saw her or recognized well, her. Because she think, was all bloody at the time or something. But I think there's the thing... But he does go into, like, a coma. But there's the thing that she's worried that he he's going to identify her. her. Yeah. So she's terrified that he's But by the end of this out. arc, the mafia dudes figure out who she is anyway. Right. Because they hire that guy to come after her or whatever. Yeah. And he figures it's so funny because they're, like, can't figure out who she is. And they hire this guy. And within, like, five minutes, he's, like done a backward phone trace and has like her name and where she lives and all this stuff and they're like oh yeah you're worth all the money we pay you so mm -hmm. i don't know it was it was entertaining but i enjoyed it do you want to read that you probably like it. it's a quick read <laughs> i know i kind of probably spoiled some of it but you'll forget all that by the time you read it i'll forget i'm it gonna all. do this real i'll forget quick. by the time I i'm not gonna read. talk about this other than you yeah, guys you, you guys need to look at this fucking artwork this I is like insane it. it's painted artwork by liam sharp it's batman reptilian the story is Garbage. Oh, is it the lizard? Uh, no, it's... Uh, I'm kidding. King Croc? Yeah, it's King Croc. Yeah, yeah. The, the story's garbage, but the art, the artwork's Why is amazing. Garth Ennis? Yeah, I know. The story's still garbage. Huh. The, the painted artwork is... It's interesting. It's crazy. I thought it was so good. 
You like love that? every page, every frame of it. It's all right. But uh, I I respect the artistry. I don't know. That's really my thing. Uh, it gets better as it goes, but anyway. That's cool. I mean, I enjoy it. it. That's another one that I've been saving. It was like six issues, and it seemed like it took forever to come out. I don't even remember what the fuck story was about. I just remember looking at the artwork and being mesmerized. So cool. That's all. I just wanted to mention that. Batman Reptilian. Is there anything else you want me to talk about? Yeah, I don't care. I'm almost. All right, I'm pushed. Let's just do Scout. We can do. Do you want to even do Spawn or do we? Oh yeah, we can talk about Spawn. I'd read like I the mean, first seven, eight issues. Oh, uh, so, okay. I got to where he killed the ice cream man. Oh, that's something I, like. I, I, I think they started Cave? the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, so like, he's fighting Overt Kill now. Is where he left off. So you haven't read any of the? the I game haven't got to the game. I haven't got to the the four writers. Okay. Hmm. Um. Cool. There you go, Doc. It's yeah. pretty poorly written. I don't know. I mean, it's okay. It just seems like he's. It's. I was. It's funny. I was watch. I was reading the first three issues. I'm like, dude. There's like no action. In the first three issues. It's basically just Spawn wandering around complaining and yeah. finding stuff out. I'm like, I'm not sure why that sold that well. It's like, I mean, I would think most people who are reading it wanted like some the superhero art's action. Like the art is so good. I don't know. Mine has covers. That's cool. I have the covers. I mean, that's why you paid for the hard. But I mean, the the art really is, and and I mean, I think it gets better as he goes. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, most artists get better. I enjoyed finally with but, the Overkill. There's some fighting and some cool action sequences. But McFarlane is already established. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but I mean, the more you, but, you're gonna keep getting better. Right? I mean, that's why that's why his stuff sold. Yeah, the art is cool. You, you know, the art. Yeah. And then, but I, I guess the art know. doesn't do a whole lot for me anymore. Really, it's, I mean, still, it's still cool. It still kind of pulled me in. Like I can appreciate it. Like yeah, um, I don't know. I it's I didn't think it was terrible. The thing, uh, the it's not terrible. It's the just art was awesome, and I think from a first couple of issue con perspective, it was an interesting concept, especially at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, type things so of kind of having this. Um, uh, you know, heaven versus hell type of thing. I wonder how much he had things. planned out, or if he was just winging it. You know what I, I mean? I don't know that he had. Because I mean, obviously, if he had those four guys coming, he didn't have too much figured out. But well, I think like listening to, I just recently listened to the um, the Neil Gaiman. The, yeah, I know. But what I'm trying to get at is Are like Neil Gaiman had said that to him anyway. Like, you can just do whatever you want. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they had much planned out or where it was going or if he was just kind of rolling with whatever happened. But I don't know that... Like, that seems so weird to me. Like, that book was only, like, seven issues out, right? Yeah. And he brings in Alan Moore and he's like, do whatever you want. And Alan Moore comes up with his story, right? Yeah. And then you have Neil Gaiman and he does what he does. And it just seems like it would be so hard to... A brand new book like that, and you bring in these guys, and you're like, write one issue of it. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you want me to write? And he's like, I don't care. He's like, write whatever you want. And yeah, like, but you knew they were going to be somewhat self-contained type one-off stories, and like they were going to leave you on a cliffhanger or something. Right. So, I mean... But they kind of read into... The, they kind of... Other than the Frank Miller one... Yeah. The Frank Miller one is just a, a, basically a one-off, you know, spawn... Yeah. The, the the three other ones, I mean, they really do seem to build. Yeah. And and Neil Gaiman even said at one point, he's like, you know, I wanted to come in and like 
he gave me the, uh, you know, he gave me the basics of it. But then I'm like asking him, I'm like, okay, so he's from hell. He's like, well, who does he fight? And Todd McFarlane's like, I don't know. <laughs> and Neil Gaiman's like, well, what's the opposite of the of hell? It's heaven. So if you're gonna have a bunch of demons, you'd have to have a bunch of angels, you know. And he's like, and Neil Gaiman is kind of saying like, I tried to give Todd some stuff that he could use, that he could build on. Like if he liked it, he could use it and kind of help build it, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what did what did McFarlane? I mean, McFarlane didn't really do anything up to this point except Spider Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, he wrote the, the Spider-Man, but I mean, he probably had a concept, and yeah. and he, obviously he changes it up, because I mean, you know, the counter goes away at some point, and the book really does evolve. But... I love this page here. He goes through the door of Wanda, you know, she answers the door in this, like, ridiculous dress or whatever. Right. It's like, but she's... What a weird, what a weird segue. It's like, oh yeah, I was trying this on for some ball I was going to. Right. It's like, who does I... Was he trying to be like a? F I love how these image guys try to try to like design like female gowns and clothes, and I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, that doesn't obey the laws of physics at all, right? I'm like, this is the weirdest outfit ever. I don't know, uh, it's just bizarre. It, it's okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not fine. hating it. Hey, I brought my dust jacket just for you. That's the wrong cover. That's not. Well, this we're talking about this one, not the hard cover. I know, but you're like, why don't you bring dust jacket? I love the dust jacket. So I'm brought four. it. Room five. Room five? That's oh. a three. Because <laughs> there's two trades in there. I know, oh, okay. I know. It's we volume three of the deluxe. Oh, the deluxe. I'm just kidding. Scott's giving you a hard time. It's not me. I, I, I did not destroy your trade. When I was reading I only did that because I, you guys I, When I read the trade, I opened it like this much, Don. Because I could tell if I tried to open it more, it was going to start cracking. I don't. Care. I could hear it. I had no honestly don't it. care. I could hear it. I was like, it was. I was like, oh, I can only open it. Scott this didn't have any trouble. I didn't have any trouble it. and gave it you to. Don't break it. Let me see they it. Gave it to Drew with no problems I thought, at all. Well, I have something to show. I don't hear any cracking. I hear no cracking. Um, I thought it was interesting that Maybe they I ended on a cliffhanger. Did they? I thought they part one and part two. Do you know I'm a part of the FBI? Or what do you know about the FBI? They uh, it. I don't think that's a cliffhanger. It distinctly says part one. I still think it's a cliffhanger. Well, whatever. It's half a story. No, it doesn't say part one. It says rock bottom population one. That's an awesome title, by the way. I love that. Rock bottom population one. That's Maybe I read an extra one. <laughs> rock bottom population one. I love the titles on these. You get the... It ends at rock bottom. It doesn't have the nine. Yeah, you stopped at the wrong spot. Were there only five issues in that? I don't fucking know. Uh, that could be... And I didn't read whatever you're looking at. Right there now. must only be five issues because... I never read it. The yeah. nine part Keep one. Going. What? Go back one more. That's what we're going to do. Okay, then it only has five issues. Cool. I read six because I thought... Yeah, we 25 through 29. Oh, okay, see. So it's only five I read, issues. I read it's not, nine. Not it's like, why would they split a trade uh, with part one and then you got to wait? Huh. It didn't. Okay. Uh, it really didn't. I really uh, enjoyed this trade. So the book, the trade yeah. is called High Lonesome. Is that what it's called? Yes. And it's like each of the first four or three or four stories are about a different character. And every character is like very lonely and kind of isolated and just feels 
It's just giving you a little backstory. And so I thought it was cool that it like had a theme going through the whole thing. And then it's called High Lonesome, which kind of spoon feeds you the theme. I thought that was cool. I thought yeah. it was well done. Because the first one is about... What character is it about? I think it's Diesel. No, he's the, the second one. The first one is about um, the, the black... The guy that... Oh, the black guy. Yeah. Rip him off. So it starts with that. Is that the that. first one? Yeah, that's the I'll first one. Okay. It's all his story, and you're like, why am I seeing this guy's story? And then at the very end, you see... Then you see how it connects. He, like, connects to Dashiell and knows him. But he's, like, a very lonely, sad, you know, guy or whatever. And the second one is about... Um, Diesel. Diesel. Diesel and his horrible, sad, lonely life. And then Nitz. And then uh, Nitz. Yeah, you get the story about him. You get all his backstory and you know and you why. Get hers, don't you? Hers. Who's hers? The yeah, girl. Is that this one? Hell, yeah. I'm getting myself confused. Mm -hmm. This is not that one. So then we get back to the main story. Oh, maybe there is six. Maybe I read. Oh, actually, six. then you get. Get kind of what actually happened when the FBI agents died. You get you finally get that backstory, oh, you get that. Yeah. and you find out spoiler alert that Catcher actually shot them. Yeah, and then I guess true. you could say it's kind of his story in a way. And, and he he's also, all very lonely. And he sad. also killed Gina. Yep. Yes, and you yeah, find that you out. Find so out that big, two big Gina. reveals, and then they circle around to the beginning where Dashiell's getting sucked into this uh, <laughs> into the this robbery. robbery. <laughs> It's rock was... bottom population one. Yeah. <laughs> the is. only way he gets out of it is because he didn't have time to shoot, shoot up. up and the up. stuff he was going to shoot up was going to kill him. Kill him. Yep. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how that guy got shot up with it. But then I had to finally look. And at some point. Well, when the shield came in. Jacket. Yeah. Like, there, he steals his jacket. jacket. I saw that part. Yeah. But then just one panel shows that it stabbed him through the jacket just yeah. accidentally wearing it. Right. Just perfect timing. Which, would that actually work? Because don't you have to plunge it? Like, I don't do, like, heroin. But don't you have to, like, inject it and then actually plunge it? So, I mean, I don't think that would actually do anything. But whatever. There might have been some of the poison residue on the needle. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Sure, I'll buy it. Anyway. Who uh, knows? I thought it was That good. is a very good, yeah. uh, I, uh, interesting take, though, on it about all these lonely people. Was there anything about... Man, I'm getting them confused. So was Red Crow pretty much the previous one then? Yeah. It was all him pretty much? Yeah, a lot of okay. Red Crow in the previous one. And then this okay. one, we're and getting the backstory of some other individual people. Ones. Yeah, with the robbery kind of beginning and ending on that. Yeah, yeah, beginning and then ending on that. It was funny because, uh, well, I liked it that Dash was like, he calls Nitz, and he's like, he knows me. He knows who I am. Like, get me the hell out of here. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, he knows there's a mole. And he has to know it's me. And it's just like, dude, if he knew it was you, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Like, he would have killed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, find out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. It, yeah. It's good. It's holding up. I mean. Oh, yeah. That. Are you enjoying it, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Yeah, really we're what good. now? Halfway through, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's 10 trades, so halfway mark. Cool. Yeah, I think there's uh, five. Yeah, obviously, there's if there's 10 trades, there's five with our covers. And cool. We just did two and a half, so we're halfway there. Awesome. All right, well, I think we wrapped a year up. Yep. I'm going to get out of here. 24. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas.